You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. And welcome. We're back with the Patreon Joes, your ever steadfast, somewhat host, Will Greenwood is here, and I'm with Jake. Hmm... The Mandrake Patterson. Oh. Oh. Oh, my dog just got up and started looking at me. <laughs> I did not mean to wake you up. That is a big uh, Instagram big Instagram trend out there is bark at your dog and see what the reaction is. Uh, Poppy doesn't like to be barked at in the face. So when you do it to her, she just leaves. <laughs> and when other dogs do it to her, she also just leaves. She's like, I'm not here to get barked at in the face. Yeah, Poppy's a good girl. She doesn't deserve that at all. Well. Oh, man. Well, it's been a while, been? Jake, since we've been. Uh, Did you watch, been good. Did you watch the draft? I, I, so I tried to stay up. I think I stayed up through the whole first round. And also the second and third rounds need to start at like 11 a.m. the next day or something. It needs to be like a workday thing. I was very disappointed in that. Uh, also – it's just like it was constant disappointment for me when it comes to the fandom side of it with the Vikes. Uh, Vikings trade back, seems like they don't get enough value. Trade back again, seems like they don't get enough value. I have no problems with the players they picked, actually, in the actual usage. I do have a problem with the, the general philosophy of trading back and not getting more. But I guess in this year's draft, like you, I guess they were in a spot where maybe there could have been a tear break and they, they could have gotten more, but they've done, they did this in the past too, when they ended up taking Darisaw last year. And I know it's a whole new regime and everything like that, but uh, I just want some excitement. And like, I, I was pounding the table for them to take Malik Willis in the third round. Like at that point, they took Kellen Mond in the third round. Uh, Malik Willis like eats Kellen yeah. Mond's lunch, orders another lunch on Kellen Mond's account, eats that in front of him. <laughs> and then, goes back and orders a third lunch on his account. And it's just, it's like, you know, it's just like an extra slice of pizza or chicken fingers just to like display dominance. And then sleeps with his wife and calls it a day. No, no, he's not a bad person. He's just displaying dominance. Oh, fair. And like, these are like, you know, these, are, these sends are, are a box of chocolates then it calls it a day. Yeah. So it's like, this is costing Kellen Mond like up to $6. It's not costing him uh, his relationship with his beloved one, Jake, we don't go that far. Yeah. Talk about if I'm, I'm right on board. If you want to talk about uh, fan disappointment, because well, even as like a fan of just football and like fantasy and like, I have the one Oh two draft pick in a lot of places that Malik Willis free fall was pretty devastating. Like I think yeah. it's, probably, it's probably the horse has been beaten to a pulp. I would assume everyone's pretty upset about it. Third, third round. Like what, like what you said, it's, it's a, like it's such a free gamble at that point. Like his ceiling is crazy. Like I don't care what if you had. A, uh, I I understand like oh NFL teams must have had a third round grade on him type of thing, but uh, it's a terrible pick of uh, Kenny Pickett in the first round. If every other team is in value in quarterbacks until the third, because um, I feel like well, Kenny we, Pickett would have been there in the second or third as well, right? Like I do I do agree with that. I think it makes it look like a really bad pick from the Steelers. I didn't mind yeah, it at the time. Good. But when all the quarterbacks fall out of the second round, nobody cares. Man, I was – so there was like – I'm just going off memory. From like 12 to 19 or something like that, like there, there was some risk at the beginning, and then there was a big gap between the Steelers pick where there was really no risk of a quarterback going, up, going off the board until 19 where the Saints were one pick ahead of the Steelers. 
and the, the Saints pick, and I want to say they grab like a guard or something like that. So they grabbed Trevor Petting out of Northern Iowa, the tackle, who yeah. was mocked higher. Again, like this also just shows us again, uh, mock drafts are the complete worst, and the database bases of them, they're fun. They're fun reads. They're great to know. But uh, I would never put too much stock in mock drafts. But man, I, I was sprinting around my basement in joy when New Orleans did not pick Malik Willis because I was thinking – it's a foregone conclusion. The Steelers are going to take take him. Like every mock draft I've read in the past two weeks leading up to this draft has got Malik Willis penciled in. And I got I'm I'm all hyped up, I'm running around, kind of calm down. They're they're talking. Steelers are on the clock. The the guys are talking about who the, who could be. Seems consensus that it's going to be a quarterback, but it's just a matter of what quarterback could it be. And I'm kind of sitting there. I'm like, fuck, like. It really could be any quarterback. Like what? Like it's not. It's not set in stone that it's Malik Willis just because I have him as a clear cut one hundred one. Like I'm not. I'm no quarterback evaluator. We're doing fantasy there. rankings, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. I barely watched uh, football. Like what? Whatever. Uh, college football. I mean. Um, and then and then Kenny Pickett, who I had as like my QB four pre draft. Like again, what what the hell do I know? But. And I just, I just fell to my knees. I was devastated. <laughs> I was, I was so excited Even, for Malik Willis in Pittsburgh, and then the one guy take, I wasn't looking forward to, like devastated, crushed. Even if you watched all the college football in the world, it's not like Liberty games were easy to find or primetime yeah, TV. Yeah. I don't even know. Like they might have been playing on Wednesdays. You know, like uh, I know. So if you listen to it with Thor Nystrom on Roto Underworld, uh, you know, with Matt Kelly. One, I've met Thor in person. We're in a league together. Thor's awesome. Uh, he's an Iowa fan too. And he, uh, me and him sat next to each other in like our starting draft. And I'm with the the uh, uh, Dynasty Trade Calculator guys and all these other like big industry people, at least in my mind, you know, they're all very built up. And uh, well, also another guy came in there and said he listened to our podcast and really loves us. So uh, shout out oh. to Skip. Love you, Skip. Uh, Skip I, I, I actually don't think Skip's a patron, but he's a super nice dude. Uh, but bought a round after my second beer, and I was like, "Dude, Skip, I can't take it. Like, it's two, like two beers, regardless of the time frame. That's my driving limit. Like, I have to drive home." Good man. <laughs> uh, anyway, but uh, Thor was super cool, and we were chatting about prospects throughout the whole time and talking about everybody. Uh, you know, he wasn't a big J.K. Dobbins fan, so it's one of the reasons I kind of have a grudge against him. But he overcame it with his niceness and just like genuine like friendliness towards me in that situation. So I will always be a big fan of Thor personally. And oh yeah. Get the to way, the point where he compares him to Michael Vick. No, no, what, what he's, what he goes through is he goes through Malik Willis history. And so if you want to write, if you want to write a narrative to where Malik Willis is still worth quite a bit in dynasty, this is what you should listen to because you want this. I, I, I want to believe in Malik Willis's dynasty value. And I think in this year's draft class, if you want to reach in super flex from Malik Willis, it's the class to do it. Like, I, I've been trying to be so positive about this class for so long, and I, I kind of hate it, Jake, overall. Well, Give me Brees yeah. Hall and, and, and cancel me out. But uh, anyway, the the like story of like uh, when Bo Nix came in and like the politics behind that and the families as donors to Auburn and everything that kind of all came along with Malik Willis to why he transferred. And then you had Hugh Freeze, who was the old old Miss coach at Liberty, and who got in trouble, I think, for paying players. So he might have just gone there for money, too. Who knows? Uh, and he goes in there. And he has, like, up and down results. But overall, just, like, pound stats and pound stats. And uh, I guess he's, like, a genius on the whiteboard. Uh, really great at the Wonderlick, which I don't know if the Wonderlick really matters. But let's use it as a positive here. And uh, I just think that him slipping to the third round is 
it's a weird disrespectful move by the NFL that I don't think I've ever seen before. Yeah. I mean, we've no seen char- such no character issues. Like, yeah, he, he's got that running element, which it seems like where the NFL is trending towards. Like it kind of seemed like a no brainer. It, it was really shocking to all the way to the third. Like you expected some team to trade up into the second or like at the end of the first or like something along those lines. Right. Like I don't think anyone expected him to fall to three twenty two to a team that already has an established quarterback. Like it's uh it's pretty shocking. Um, yeah. I just yeah. am I just am floored by, by the fall, but again, uh, this might be the new thing too with quarterbacks with, the fifth year option not mattering anymore. And when you don't yeah. have a, an absolutely top tier level quarterback class, everybody's like, well, the fifth year option doesn't matter. Let's get somebody where it might, and they won't hold like, let's choose a position right now that isn't holding out for new contracts. Uh, but that, that is incorrect when it comes to wide receivers, but whatever. So sure. Malik Willis's hit rate probably took like probably crashed completely with this uh, draft free fall, but his ceiling is still like higher than Kenny Pickett's in my opinion. And in a super flex league, you probably take the safety of the first overall, uh, first overall, the first round draft pick in Kenny Pickett, um, because he's going to be like given the opportunity to succeed, even if he fails year one. I like I, I also love I love the organization because he's a first I love that he went to the Steelers. Like pick. yeah, um, they're going to give they're going to te- train him and give him every chance he could possibly have. Yeah, that's what I mean. So he's got that security, but if you're in a one QB league. You don't need that security. You're looking for that ceiling. You're looking for a league winner, like a weak winner, right? Um, that's not going to be Kenny Pickett. Uh, Malik Willis still has a better odds of that, regardless of draft capital. So I think in a one QB league, I'm still taking Malik Willis over Kenny Pickett, even though it's probably they're probably both third rounders. But oh, I don't know. I just, I, I, I think Kenny Pickett's landing spot and draft capital. I'm going to buy into that over Malik Willis right now. Uh, and I mean, it's completely fair, but I'm just saying in a one QB league specifically. You know, what's more disrespectful is uh, round three. So pick 76 overall. Uh, this was back in 2018. The Pittsburgh Steelers took Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah. So I would- that's, what, we, yeah. we, could, we should have doubled up and grabbed Malik in the third too. Like, just grab both quarterbacks. Like, if you if you had a, a high grade on both of them, like if you had a first round grade on both of them and you just had a higher grade on Pickett and that's where you went, and then you're in the third and Malik is still there, take them both. Like, like what you what you just said, Rudolph is like he's b- barely deserves to be on the roster. I, like, he's not like. Yeah, I actually don't even mind. Him. I don't even mind mind grabbing Sam Howell in the fourth. Let's completely revamp the quarterback room. <laughs> I don't disagree with you either. Like, but um, Sam Howell fall into the fifth. We can get there, but he's dead. Um, I understand it's Carson Wentz in front of him, and who's I think we're consensus Carson Wentz sucks as a community. But I but Heineke is still more valuable than Sam Howell. Like Howell is a, a fifth round pick, man. Like that's dude. Death, I'm telling but, you, Sam Howell. He's the next uh, Tom Brady. Uh, no, let's say like Russell Wilson was a fourth round pick. So let's no, he's a third round that pick. Range. Day two. All right, all right, all right. It's the same, same though. It's same, same. I don't. Uh, he's gonna be throwing. First of all, he's gonna be throwing to his boy, Jamie Brown. Yeah, that's Diami Brown's also pretty much dead. No, he just got rejuvenated because Carson Wentz is gonna miss a bunch of games uh, because he's gonna go down with an injury or 
He's going to throw too many interceptions at some point. Sam Howell's going to get in the game. And Damian yeah. Brown in the second half is going to have 20 catches for 250 yards and four touchdowns. Greenwood, how much do you have to drink tonight? My God. And then, I am late, from, but. And, and then from there, uh, it'll be completely irrelevant. Rookie face planner. They just drafted a first round wide receiver. Like, I hate to break it to you. Yeah, Damian Brown and Sam Howell are dead. I'm just trying to have fun. <laughs> Ryan pops in when I'm going on my rant of ridiculousness. Uh, I was just talking about, Ryan, how the Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph higher than where Malik Willis went in this year's draft. And Jake and I were talking about they should have just doubled up on quarterbacks. Like, let's get a complete future. You know, we can figure this out as we go along. Why not? And Mitch, like, you can't take Kenny Pickett in the first round of a Superflex League when you could trade, like, a third for Trubisky or, like, a late second or, like – who has an equal I, chance of starting week one, if not a higher chance. I still think – I still like Kenny Pickett's upside. I still think that – again, Jake, this is like the Steelers narrative almost. I, I like what they're going to do with him. They're good. He's going to give every opportunity and have the complete support of a team that has shown that supports, a player, supports its players well. And that wide receiver room is incredible. They have uh, – I want to say great pass catching running back, but I don't think a lot of uh, – last year's running back catches should really count because they were on just absolutely terrible shit check downs from Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but anyway, I, I love, I just, I don't know. I, I love what they can do and I trust in that. So what I'm saying is don't let, I just won't let Kenny Pickett slip. I don't know, past the first round of Superflex if I can. Uh, you can have him. I'd rather trade that pick for a, a Kirk Cousins or something like in a heartbeat, someone that, Somewhat that the community might be down on, but at least I know there's more stability there. I think Kirk Cousins, after Kevin O'Connell came on the Pat McAfee show, you heard his interview and his relationship with Kirk Cousins and what they're doing. I've never been more jacked about the Vikings going into the 2022 season in their offense. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is awesome. He shared a story on there about how he, uh, when he was like in his third year as a pro, people started telling him that he was going to make a really, a really good coach. And he's like, that's kind of when you know that you're no longer to be a player in the NFL. <laughs> and like super, like super uh, personable, you know, uh, intelligent guy, at least with that interview and everything in his history. So that I uh, know complete side tangent, but uh, I've never been more excited about Kirk Cousins for a season and the Vikings offense going into a season. And I'm sure so, they'll break my heart, but, but so I'm here cousins for or, Cousins or Pickett? I'll take Cousins. Yeah, it's like, Cousins I think Cousins has, yeah, Cousins has a f- for sure three years of great, or at least uh, like QB two production or higher. Like I think I take Tan- I think I take Tannehill over Pickett, who Tannehill just might be getting replaced. Like I, I no, think I, Tannehill getting a job elsewhere. Is he's got another. Year. He's got another Pickett. year. I think. I think he's got another year. I don't think that. I mean, I mean, maybe not the whole year. Maybe it's uh, three quarters I'm, of a year. I'm just saying. Like, he put. Kenny Pickett played five years at Pittsburgh and never looked like the part of a starting like NFL QB once. Like he, he stayed there the whole time. No one ever said, "Hey, man, like you, you can make the NFL now." Like it, it took him to until he's twenty four years old to dominate to dominate in college. Like what? What are we talking about here? And he, and he didn't even dominate in college. Like it would, it would take he had me the, longer. He had how many turnovers like per, per game? Like how smaller hands oh the smallest in nfl history like it's way 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 too risky of a profile for me yeah i I know will we always talk about you know the value in some of these quarterbacks but you know he uh, was also taking like it's not like he was a top 10 quarterback pick or even on the fringes he was he was taken at 20 overall in a class that people just you know just the nfl faded on so 
I'm with Jake. I, I, I'm probably in a void. I, I mean, there are just too many, um, you know, wide receivers of profiles that I like, you know, um, even to, to, to grab them. Someone's going to get them before me. I, I've seen it in every league at any draft that I've seen. I just, I feel like he goes too high there. I just think there are other better profiles to grab. Um, I have nothing against him and I hope I'm wrong. It, it would be nice well, to have another, you know, quarterback in the league to be excited about, but I, I, I don't know. I'm not optimistic. Uh, Ryan, that's like the tip of what we're talking about is like, where are you taking, where's the Kenny Pickett line? Uh, where's the picket fence? You might I got a, yeah, where's the picket fence? Let's go. Yoshi, my cat, is angry talking about it because he's starting to like scratch at me again, this little son of a gun. I get it. He's a, um, Yoshi's a smart Kenny Pickett fan. I guess. Uh, I guess he is. Turns so out he have, is. We, we talked about how much these quarterbacks have like fell in this in the NFL draft. Um, but you but at the end of the day, I feel like we got decent landing spots. Like Riddler to Atlanta. We're, they're gonna be a bottom five team. I feel like they have to try out Ritter um, to see if like if they need to invest in the quarterback in 2023, like they got to see what they have. I feel like that's the exact same breath with Corral. The only thing that might change that is if Baker joins the committee and where Howell, I don't really see starting because they have Heineke and Wentz, but I think Ritter and Corral are take are way better dart throws considering they're like third round picks compared to Kenny Pickett's first round pick. I know. I, just but, that, I guess we're actually talking draft capital too, but I'm I, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't think they're, uh, I think you have a lot more safety in Kenny Pickett than those other guys at this moment uh, compared to the other players you're taking in those spots. Well, so sure, Pickett's floor is higher, but I'm just saying like, like, like you're taking Kenny Pickett ahead of Jahan Dotson, right? Yeah. Yeah. By, and, by one, like you, you got, you got my rankings in front of you. They're one. Yeah. One yeah, spot yeah, yeah. Uh, but like uh, even, even Sky Moore, I think Kenny Pickett probably has a better chance of being a really successful wide receiver than Sky Moore. And but I love I, Sky oh, Moore as a prospect. Just, yeah, um, I'm trading. I'm trading out of that spot if I think Kenny Pickett is the best player available. It's like that's that's my thought process. Yeah, yeah I, it, Sky Moore is interesting to me, guys, because he's the, one of the wide receivers that I probably won't end up with too much of either. Because it seems like people are, are much higher on him than than I am, and, and I kind of liked him, but I don't know. I mean, I, he's he's. I don't I don't love his his size and. I, you know, I, I think it's the Kansas city landing spot. I, I just, I think people are overreacting to the landing spot there. And I, we've done that before. I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying McCall Hardman was better than him or anything like that, but I don't know. I, I just, I, I've been surprised to see how high he's gone. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Or if you're big on sky more, I mean, I, I, I liked him en- enough going into it, but now I just feel like, Oh, people like him way more than me. He's going as a potential top five guy in fantasy. And he was drafted as the wide receiver 13 on NFL terms. So clearly the NFL ranks him a lot, like a lot worse than fantasy. And obviously we're taking the landing spot into account, but I feel like that has to say something, right? And while like uh DFB encounter who I value his prospect evaluation almost more than anyone has him as a bulletproof prospect. And I, like I said, I, that, that means a lot to me. Um, but in the same breath, like, it wouldn't shock me at all if Juju is the number one in KC, like I expect him to be. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if MVS actually has like a decent sized role with his size and speed um, getting down the field, like in a Tyreek Hill role. So I don't know. I think, I, I think he's more of like DeMarcus Robinson production. Like you're just going to be always disappointed. Uh, that was MVS, a weird yeah. over. 
Yeah, yeah, MVS. It's a, it's a weird overpay for the wide receiver room. Again, just like they overpaid for Watkins instead of getting Allen Robinson that year in free agency. Can we bring this back to the Kenny Pickett, though, argument for a second? <laughs> like, uh, uh, If you insist, I guess. Can you, get, can you give me at least that Kenny Pickett's upside is like 85% of Joe Burrow? And that's Whoa, worth no way. that's worth the that's worth the uh, first round pick. Really, how much have you been drinking tonight? I mean, I, I think we have a problem. We have, Jake, we have to do intervention here with Will. No nope. hand size, eighty five percent of Burroughs. His ceiling, his ceiling is Ryan Tannehill. No, Ryan Tannehill's much better athlete than Kenny Pickett. Uh, so that rushing so would be not Ryan Tannehill. So it's less NFL. than Ryan Tannehill. It's it depends where you go in Ryan Tannehill's career. And then, yeah, his his upside is to be a top twelve quarterback year over year. Yeah, eighty five percent of. Yeah, I'm just saying I don't think Tannehill is 85 of Burrow. So, and I don't think I, I think when it comes to fantasy production, he has been. If not, I think Burrow's or Tannehill's best seasons are better than Burrow so far. Well, Burrow's played one full year, and I don't think it was better. I don't. I, Burrow's one season might be better than Tannehill's like career year. I, Burrow gets a lot of boost for his fantasy championship success last year. Owning him during the regular <laughs> season was not that great of an experience. You realize uh, he made league like. Also, I loved Joe Burrow. He was, and T. Higgins he was, he was a league, league winner last year, but like that's like also yeah, it's also saying the like you'll year take, he's been healthy. He was a league winner, but like what are we talking about? That's not good enough. He was only a league winner because you were in the you weren't in the playoffs because of Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow won you the playoffs. Man, Joe, like what are we talking about here? Kenny Pickett is not Joe Burrow or close to it. Also, eighty five percent, eighty five percent of that is still a big gap in fantasy points. I don't we were think just like talking that's... about how he could have been a second, third round talent that he should not shouldn't have gone in the first, and, that, and you're now you're comparing him to a percent. I was just, that was that was ga- that was gaming the draft. I just don't understand why he can't be, and you haven't given me a single reason to why he can't be. Uh, and I can tell um, you, his, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a few reasons. He has the smallest hands in NFL history. No successful quarterback has ever had hands this small. He had like one. Of there, the there, is, there is one. It's, there is year. one, but it's not a fair count. Mike Vick had the same size hands. Has the same size hands? Yeah. I feel like I haven't heard that once. So I feel like that's like that is surprising to me because I've heard numerous times about that he, no one has had hands that hit that small. Um, but I'm not like. That's fair. Um, regardless, he wasn't good in Pittsburgh. Like he, he was there for five seasons. Didn't have first round pedigree like once. Like one team thought he did this year. He was never told to come out early. Um, his turnover rate was abysmal. Like I'm not looking at stats last like in front of me, but like yeah. he he wasn't a very good prospect. Like he, it, his numbers don't. It, it it was his it was his senior year that you know he he put up some you know pretty good numbers, you know, uh, 67% uh, completion percentage, 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But before that, Jake, you're right. Isn't um, he older than Joe Burrow? And the difference in Joe Burrow, like I, I know Joe Burrow and on the surface, you look at it. Let me just say one thing. Well, you look at it. Well, well, Joe Burrow's senior year also didn't do anything until his senior year really broke out. Well, Joe Burrow's senior year, 76% uh, completion percentage, 60 touchdowns, six interceptions. I mean, like that was like okay, 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 a okay, season okay. like that. I mean, Kenny Pickett is it's a good it was a good senior year, but let's be honest, it's not not Joe Burrow. Come you on. gotta go with this for a second though. And I, I agree, it's not Joe Burrow, and I'm not saying Joe Burrow or Kenny Pickett is like that comparable to Joe Burrow. I'm saying 85%, which is still makes him like a QB2 in the NFL. Like it's not the super high upset, crazy Super Bowl. Like 85% of winning the Super Bowl means you've lost. You might not even make the playoffs. Who knows? Uh, when it comes to quarterback production. What I'm saying is 
Joe Burrow in his senior season had two of the best wide receivers in the NFL on his team. Uh, when he, and he was also a fifth-year senior with LSU and a new team and a second-round pick wide receiver. Kenny Pickett never had any of that. He didn't have the rushing game. He didn't have the offensive coordinator. He didn't have the coaching. He didn't have any of that. His senior season put up 42 touchdowns and seven interceptions. That turnover rate is not that high when it comes to throwing the ball. Yes, he had a lot of fumbles, but he was their entire offense. Him and what uh, what's his, Atkins or whatever, the, uh, the Blitnikoff winner, who Kenny Pickett propelled that, who's not leaving Pittsburgh because Pickett has left. Uh, because he knows that he won't be playing with his good quarterback. All I'm saying is I, I agree that maybe Pittsburgh could have gained the system and gotten Pickett in the second round, and it could have been better. But I also think Kenny Pickett's easily worth a top 10 super flex draft pick. And I, I, I just think like the going against that for what Kenny Pickett's negatives are is a fool's errand. I guess it depends on your team and maybe how I, if you're desperate for, you know, quarterback depth on your super flex team, maybe, well, I can see it, but I can see Kenny Pickett outscoring Mac Jones in 2023. Well, I, one of the arguments is that, right. I mean, well, let's look at the good that you now you've talked about the bad. It, it is a good situation in terms of, um, this the um uh, weapons he has right I, I mean you're right it's great wide receiver room um great running back in the backfield um they're gonna have to throw a lot because they're gonna be down i mean i know their defense is good but they're they're in a very competitive um uh you know with, with afc north this is super competitive so they're gonna probably have to throw the ball a lot so you know maybe you can put those big numbers so i guess you've got that going for you I don't know. I, I mean, we want to go through the list. I, I just think like where, well, why don't you answer the question? Where is that for you um, in terms of wh- where you're, where's that sweet spot? Like what players are around him that you'll be considering? At one so, uh, so I'm, I, I'm taking Jamison Williams. So if you're looking at Jake's rankings, if you have this pulled up, if you're in the Patreon show, he's posted this on there. Uh, so I'm moving Chris Alave down. I think I'm putting Jamison Williams at six. I'm taking Kenny Pickett five. I might take Kenny Pickett six in a super flex. That uh-huh. six is my sweet spot. Uh, and I think honestly, for the only first round quarterback in this draft class going to the Steelers, which I, and maybe, maybe I'm just buying too much into this, but I, I kind of love Steelers that. Steelers just sign a quarterback to be their starter, right? <laughs> but, but we've seen now Trubisky stinks. Kenny Pickett can throw left and right. Tr- Trubisky can't. He's not an ambi turner. Hopefully Ryan, you've watched Newlander by now. Uh, but, oh, I did watch it. I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. Um, if you'd like, when, when we're through this with this conversation, but um, uh, it's, oh, it's to me, it's okay that it's an older quarterback prospect coming out. It, it th- that doesn't really bother me. I think we need to move past that. Uh, hey, we've had about, enough about that. It, it, yeah, his, uh, his upside outweighs his negatives to me quite clearly. And I think it's a, the wide receivers are not good enough in this draft to move ahead of him. So, so would you rather have Pickett for a late first or Trubisky for like a late second? Uh, give me Pickett for a late first. Do, do, do you not see like an outside chance that Trubisky starts more games than Pickett this year? I, I no, I do. I, and I, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not even like the biggest Kenny Pickett fan. We're just, you know, we're just talking about why you guys hate Pickett so much. much and as... I, I think that's ridiculous. Uh, but I, I would rather – I think the upside of Pickett is a, a, a future every-year star in the NFL. I think Trubisky's that's, – that's been gone for a while. Well, yeah, I mean, we're not arguing uh, – Jake. I don't think Jake's arguing that. I, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is a huge guy you should go out and a huge asset. I, I mean, I, I – I'm saying I, I that think cost. Pick, I, think, I think – yeah, I mean, I think Pickett is going to, to play this year. Uh, maybe not start the season. 
I just think that I don't think he's going to have a very good rookie season. Well, I think Pickett's going to struggle. And I think maybe the smart play is to try to pick him up after the season. Cause I think he's going to have a pretty horrible rookie year and then his value will go down. He'll still be the, the guy in Pittsburgh. Then maybe you go out and get him when he's cheaper. You probably, you probably can get him cheaper. Uh, um, you know, nine months from now is what I'm thinking. If you really like yeah. it. That much. And also the, the 2020 I, season with Pittsburgh and COVID and the way the ACC was run, like that's gotta be a complete wash. Just look at his senior year. Let's go. Let's go with all that. And all like, just go for the year that he was like three years but, older than this competition. But, but, and some of these guys, so I, and, Joe Burrow. Like, I don't know, like, but Joe Burrow was the best quarterback uh, of all time in college. I think in that year, like for a seasonal set. So but I'm saying 85%. And listen, I'm not saying that, um, necessarily these guys are going to work out because their profiles aren't perfect. Um, but guys like Christian Watson, Watson, uh, Green Bay, uh, George, George Pickens also went to Pittsburgh. You know, those guys have pretty significant upside. They both have some flaws, you know, uh, uh, Watson is age that he's coming from not, you know, a power five school. We know Pickens is a little bit of a head case. It seems uh, coming off an injury off the field history, but both of those guys could hit pretty big. And I just feel more optimistic about one of those guys hitting than I do. Uh, Kenny Pickett, honestly, I, I think the odds are better that one of those guys would hit as opposed to, to pick it. I'm not saying they're perfect because they're not perfect prospects. Some of these guys are in this range, but I don't know. That's just my thought process. Yeah. Old, tall, lanky wide receiver coming out who blazes at the combine. That's worked out so well in fantasy. Mm. It's Zay Jones 2.0. You're saying Christian Watson is Zay Jones? How much Zay Jones got paid? He's a hell of a lot bigger and athletic than uh, than Zay Jones. I think Zay Jones is bigger than him. No. No, no. Watson's a bit. Watson's, uh, I don't know. I, I like Watson quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it may, it may not work out, but I, I you know, I, I, it, 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 he's interesting to me. The, both, and those guys are close. I mean, we, Will and I are in a draft together. I, I took Watson. He took Pickens right after me. And I, I was going back. I was hoping, I was hoping you weren't taking Watson. Honestly, I wanted that to be the league I got my share of Watson in. I'm, no. I'm actually quite disappointed by that. Oh, it was, cl- it was close because I think they're both really interesting. They both have their flaws. And obviously, they could both totally bust, but I, I think they both have really tremendous upside. And, and Ryan, you're a lot more right than I am with Zay Jones. I apologize for that. Oh, no, no worries. I'm only right I'm because I like Zay Jones. So I remember his profile <laughs> and I learned from that. <laughs> I really, it was in our early years of this podcast, Ryan. I was like, I wouldn't want Zay Jones highlights. And I was like, I'm just not that like highlights. Should, you should leave like, you know, where you, where you like can't stand up afterwards. And this, I was like, eh, they, they seem fine. You see but, him uh, up though without his hands? I think I think Zay Jones has turned into a totally fine NFL wide receiver. You see like good for him in his career, for how he's turned it around. Hotel room? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't move his feet. Uh, anyway, uh, so, so we're, okay, we're, we're, we're we're in a I'm going to interrupt you. Will we're in a decent discussion about the rookie quarterbacks, and I feel like we've knocked pretty much all of them out. We didn't really talk much about Ritter and Corral. We don't really need to, but. What was up with Bailey Zappi being picked in the fourth round after a, a year after picking Matt Jones? Like, this is something that just does not happen. You do not, if you like your rookie quarterback, you do not the next year go and draft another one. Like I just, I, I wouldn't overthink it. It's, it's, it's Bill Belichick. It's New England Patriots. Just like they took um, that, um, what that strange guy, um, who everyone was like the, the, the Chattanooga lineman or whatever, right. That wasn't that first round pick. And they're, you know, oh, he could have, he was going to go to the third, in the third, fourth round. I did, 
The Patriots just do things differently. And sometimes they're brilliant. Sometimes they're way off base. They've, they've made some really bad draft picks. So I, I, I don't think much of it. I don't think it means that they don't, they think less of Mac Jones, honestly. Also Bailey, Bailey Zappi, who you want to talk about collegiate stats. Let's go. Like, I, I know what you're saying. Don't overreact. And I don't, I don't blame you. Like, I don't think Bailey Zappi is passing Mac Jones in the depth chart by any means. But I just I do see it as a pretty big red flag that the team is doing that. And like I hear you're saying that they're they're an unorthodox team, but it's like there has to be a, a reason to their madness. Like they must have some rationale to justify it. And it's just like what's up? What's up with it? <laughs> well, I mean, they you know just like they had Tommy Brady, Brady they took Jimmy G because they saw something in him. They developed him. They tr- traded him for. Uh, uh, what did they, they get took, a second round pick they took for him? him? In the second, they took him in the second, though, right? And traded him for a second. I don't I understand that whole progression. Well, well that caused the, a bit of conflict in the in New England. Well, that's that. th- that's why because the the rumor was Brady kind of demanded they move him because they were he was a threat. I mean, if, if you believe okay. that kind of stuff, yeah. It's didn't they win a couple Super Bowls after that draft pick though? So like, uh, you you know, if that's what it takes to motivate Brady, totally worth it. Also, Bailey Zappi just set the record in touchdown completions or touchdowns in college football passing. Yeah. Okay. Guys, this is the Patreon show, and it's topical. Did you guys see the rumor going around today about why Jimmy Garoppolo was traded? No, what's that? That he impregnated Robert Kraft's much younger girlfriend at the time. And she, she does have an estranged son. Like, then the timing lines up. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty funny. If, <laughs> if, if, if true. <laughs> Even if it's not, it's fun to talk about. I just it's, don't it's know. I, just... I saw this on Twitter today. I just don't know if Bill Belichick would care about that. He'd go to Robert Kraft and be like, hey, Robert, you know, you've been going down to Jupiter, Florida for years. Uh, we can't, you know, we can't be having this affect our football team. Okay, but Jimmy G is like dating porn stars. Like it, it wouldn't put it, like I wouldn't put it totally past him. No, I mean, I mean, me, me neither, but, but who knows? I'm here for their speculation. Um. I don't know, Will. You want to say anything on that? I I, I have no clue. Uh, no, Jake's just on the infidelity train today, uh, hey, and I don't really know why. I don't remember it coming up again. Oh, I guess I did. Uh, you, yeah. You, what was it? Someone was an out. You were talking about. We're talking about Malik Willis somebody's yeah. lunch, and then you're like, "Yeah," and then he banged his wife, and I was like, "Jake, that's too far." I was talking about like eight dollars worth of lunch. We're talking about ruining somebody's life. I was thinking uh-huh. my, my where my brain went was when uh, Jalen Ramsey used to like t- he was to figure out what wide receiver he was covering that week in college and he would like text their girlfriend like he'd always hop into this girlfriend's DMs type of thing that was like his weekly routine. Wow, you're that, you're that, the, all the gossip with the, these. Yeah, it's like it's like TMZ fantasy sports or yeah. something. I don't know. TMZ. That's why you come to me. TMZ Joe's our spinoff. I kind of like it though, Jake. Let's hear some more dirt. I'm here for the speculation. Hey, Jake, so, I, I have a question for you though. Bailey Zappi, um, where do you, um, where do you, are you saying you like to take him late, like in like a third round, no, fourth no, round, no. super flex, Absolutely like just not. dash no. him? Okay, so you're just no you're just having fun. I'm just was curious if you no, were. Like, I don't think there's any chance he steals the starting job. I just like it worries me about Mac Jones. Like that's all. At least Bailey Zappi provides some preseason hype. Like Mac, the one really good thing about Mac Jones is that he seemed stable. Like he, like he seemed locked into that starting role. And then they drafted a quarterback the next year, which is like, 
I don't know. It's just like, what's going on with that? I don't know if you could ever feel stable about a quarterback when the team decides to throw four times in a game. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree. I, I really enjoy it, but like that is yes. ridiculous. That's the most disrespectful stat of all time. Uh, that was crazy. You watched the game, though. I mean, that weather was so bad. It made sense. And a fourth round pick isn't nothing. Like, and they won the game. So, like, it, it's weird, but like, still yeah. disrespectful. Yeah. If I were him, I would have been checking out, I would have been checking into passes all the time. Like, give me like six more screen passes. Let me hit double digits for the game. And so, and so somebody doesn't steal my lunch at the table tomorrow. I love uh, this totally unscripted Joe's where we're just like going one topic to another. So, I do think, Jake, you are, you are higher on David Bell than most people. Uh, and I recently had, and this is why I bring this up, is most people are too low uh, on David Bell. In my in my like close friend group, uh, one guy went to Purdue, and when when David Bell got drafted in the third round of Purdue, uh, I didn't see it until the next day. But I was like, I was like, oh my goodness, thank goodness he went day two. Like this means so much for David Bell. I love David Bell as a prospect. I, I love what he's been able to do there. And the other person just responded like, why is David Bell any good? Uh, he went to the Browns. Name one other good Browns wide receiver. And I was like, I don't even know how to respond to this without writing like, uh, you know, like a 3000 word uh, narrative about why David Bell is good. Yeah, that's like there, uh, there's there's never been a quarter good quarterback coming from this school unless, until there is. You know what I mean? Like until until someone breaks well, that streak. Also, they just got one of the best quarterbacks in football. I mean, even if he has to no, set up this year, David Bell getting that draft capital keeps him on the roster like, oh, you you pretty much just penned out why I like David Bell so much and I, why he's extremely underrated right now. Like he he has a superstar at QB, like a top five guy. Like are people do people forget that? Like people are moving up. Um, Christian Watson, who who has like in my mind a worse profile. Well, I guess he's more athletic but less productive um, than David Bell. Uh, pushing him up because he has Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Watson is like. Ten, more than 10 years younger than Aaron Rodgers like and he's he might be he might be better like right now obviously he hasn't played football in a few years but they, so people don't like David Bell because he was slow but like do you know how many elite like elite wide receivers right now are slow like it doesn't uh it's not a death sentence by any means his um David Bell according to number fire you guys want to hear some comps David Bell profile comparisons Devontae Adams. Are we going higher or low? Yeah, 95.9%. DeAndre Hopkins, 92.4%. Sammy Watkins, 91.5%. Let's say the old Sammy Watkins. Chris Godwin, 91.5%. Those are the top four guys. And uh, uh, Anquan Bolden, number five. So, like, this is... You look at his... his, The other guys were much more athletic, but I get the production comparisons. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, Robert Woods is on this list. Um, So, Juju's on this list. So, you look at the... Uh, profile comparisons it doesn't mean he's going to turn out to be these guys, but that's a pretty good company to keep. And I, I think you make some good points, Jake. I like Watson uh, more than Bell, but for the for the uh, cost to get him in rookie drafts, I, I do think he is a, a pretty great smoking good value um, because you know you don't have to get him you know late first round. It doesn't seem um, yeah. So I, I think I, I mean I'm not like like oh my gosh you know I'm I'm super excited, but but I think you're right. I think I think people are fading way too much. What what really got me um, juiced up about him is I got to learn how to pronounce this guy's last name. Uh, Drew O, the DFB encounter. Um, in his rookie rankings, he's got a bit of a like a bit of a write up for uh, just his thoughts on day two. Um, from from there, we get into David Bell. 
this is a quote. From there, we get into David Bell, and I want all of the David Bell. He has become the "Don't leave your draft without my with without him" guy. This this quote has gotten really shitty um, with my poor reading. Let's start over. From there, we get into David Bell, and I want all of the David mm-hmm. Bell. He has become the "Don't leave your draft without him" guy. He got a sneaky good landing spot with a fake alpha and on a, an on on field superstar QB. We know he produced a ton in college, and we know that he was faded due to one the one thing that folks seem to overrate at the wide receiver position, athleticism. Now, of course, I could be wrong, and he was faded for a multitude of reasons other than running slow, but there is a good chance it was simply because he ran slow, in my opinion. And that's kind of my thought process, like because he got a fantastic landing spot. He produced in college, and Amari Cooper is easily passable. And behind Amari Cooper, there's really no one of consequence, so... I'm all here. I'm all. I'm here for for the cost, which is like an early second, mid second right now. Yeah, I, I think the the downside, of course, like you said, um, well, obviously, you know, athletically, he, you know, didn't put up combat numbers like some of the other guys. But the other thing too is where he went. That I mean, a lot of wide receivers are taken ahead of him. You know, Jalen Tolbert went to um, Dallas, before, and who I like. Okay. Um, went ahead of him. So I think that's why a lot of people are fading him. So many wide receivers went before him and, you know, uh, late third round, that's not necessarily where you see a lot of wide receivers come from and, and produce on your fantasy teams. So, but, but I, but what, like you said, for the cost, why, why not? I mean, he's got great um, player comparisons and you're not, you're not paying a hefty price for him. So. Also, I think David Bell caught all his collegiate touchdowns against Iowa. Uh, and in this past season, when maybe I was Illinois ranked, too, I was ranked number two <laughs> in the country, and Purdue rotated through three different quarterbacks, and David Bell put up like two fifty and three touchdowns. Uh, in general, if you are working with that kind of dynamic environment in college, where the coaches are rotating out three quarterbacks game to game, and you are still producing and being the absolute dominant person on the offense in target share uh, and touchdowns, it's not like the the Purdue offense was really that good. Uh, unless they were playing Iowa, but uh, it's a, uh, he, he also like when Rondo Moore went out when he was 19 as a freshman, he had an absolute like blowout year. Like I love everything David Bell presents. I just think that like his athleticism is being overvalued. And so, yeah, Jake, I, 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 I don't plan to take him at the one twelve in a super flex draft because I don't think I will ever need to, like, I'm really excited to have like a couple picks after that, but I would, I do want to leave every draft with David Bell. My biggest thing is like, it's really hard to explain to somebody who really isn't big into dynasty and looking at analytics and player like values when they say name one other good wide receiver on the Browns. And it's like, it's been a while. <laughs> it's that's a, it's a tough, uh, like, I, I, Josh you, Gordon. I, well, I, and I said, well, first of all, I said Josh Gordon. I was like, also they just did, they just uh, traded for one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when it comes to production. He can make anybody good. Look at Kiki Kuti. Uh, <laughs> but but they wouldn't know that reference, moments. so you so you can't use that as an you know like as, as an argument. I think I think QT also went in the third round, didn't he? Or was it early fourth? I think it was fourth. Yeah. A legitimate fear I have with David Bell, which might be irrational, is uh, Will Fuller. I have, like, I, I have no idea where Will Fuller is going <laughs> to sign. Um, I know that he's obviously like best friends with Deshaun Watson. Um, and is that'd be such a great signing by the Browns too. Uh, right? Like it makes complete sense. And obviously he's going to be cheap, pretty redundant the, skill sets where Will Fuller is like super fast and David Bell is super slow. So it's not, uh, yeah, but also, by that too time, much, but 
Uh, and then we're looking, I think we're looking into more of the 2023 season. Cause I think Will Fuller needs to sign a one year deal with where he's probably going to get like maybe integrate a little bit faster because there is some uncertainty with how much Deshaun Watson is going to play this year. Right. Yeah. Like Will Fuller, the fact that he hasn't signed with the Packers for like a couple million bucks uh, to really prove himself is, is, is shocking to me. Which um, would kill Christian Watson. No, I, I, Christian Watson just isn't a speed guy, but anyway, uh, and you guys that, are really, you guys are really down on Christian Watson. I mean, I would, of, I, because I, of his I, age, I won't have him in a single draft. No, because yeah. of his risk. I just gave Christian Watson a compliment. What, what's, what's, what's the risk with him? Um, compared to other guys going in his range, he's old. He was a late breakout, and he played lower competition. He's, I think his breakout literally... age, actually, I think he broke out actually pretty early in college. Um, is, isn't that remember, remember he's, North Dakota State? College? They didn't, they didn't throw the ball a lot, and. Older guys, Jake, when they come from those, you know, FCS schools, I don't worry about so much because it's not like they're going to go pro early. You don't see that very often. So that's why I don't worry so much about his age. If he was a uh, Alabama guy with 23, I'd worry about it. But uh, also they had the co- they had the COVID year. He didn't have a chance to get yeah, out because they decided right. that they were going right. to play, but so. he's also like an extra year older than that. So yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I think Cooper cup was too, you know, I, I, Debo Samuel there. I, we've seen a couple of outliers. Um, and I, and I could be wrong, and, um, but I'm I, I'm kind of betting on him as being one of those outliers. I, I could the thing is, I, I I think he's worth the risk. Uh, you know, Christian Watson at that point. Well, it tells you where he's going that. too. You're not you're not paying once again. Yeah, you like know? you just scooped him about like what the one eleven. Like yeah, right. You're, I mean, you're, sacri- you're sacrificing. Uh, I mean, I don't know, like Damian Pierce. I don't know. If I'm, like all. Excited. I mean, there's some other guys like like over, him over Pickens could be a big mistake. I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. And it was it was really tough for me. I well, but I just I, I just went, but for me, you know, I, I think the difference is with the with the off the field issues and like he just seems like he's a little bit of a head case. Yeah, I think I think you guys know I lean away from those guys. If there's like that off the field risk and stuff, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go with guy that's the hard worker that his dad was in a NFL. You know that that he's gonna be. I, I just think it's a great fit for him. I think he's going to work hard in that offense because he's going to have to. I think that's one of the reasons they picked him because they know they need a guy who needs to learn that offense. So I, I really I, – I think Watson has a, a outside chance to be offensive rookie of the what, year. I, I, what, I are, really do. Uh, what are Pickens off the field issues? Oh, he got um, – what was it? Like like drink dr- drunk driving reports or he's like, you know, bad teammate. Just, you know, I mean, I, mean, I don't know. There's that video. Bad teammate stuff would bother me. I mean, it could – who knows? Maybe Maybe it's nothing, but – I, I also the thing is like no matter how good he is with Pittsburgh with their QB situation right now, I just I I don't know. I mean I worry about that. So as long as he plays, if he plays on the right side of the field, he's going to be Mr. Trubisky's number one target. Christian Watson's uh, top five player comparables: Denzel Mims, Rashad Perriman, Devontae Parker, Terrence Marshall, Kevin White. Just gotta gotta eat that up, right? Yeah, but I also think that like there's going to be a breakout from that group, and it and it can totally happen if you have all the tools to be incredible in the NFL. Yeah, uh, and the, Parker's almost broken out. Uh, Kevin White went to the Bears, which is where wide receivers go to die. Uh, Perriman Perriman went to uh, the Ravens, where also wide receivers go to die. And Desmond's went to where the New York Jets, where wide receivers go to die. Uh, or I mean, like if you are talented, maybe you could just. But, but those are also power. Those are also power. Right. Five, those are also power five schools, Jake. That guys that went out late. It's it's different. Like I said, with an FCS school. I mean, we'll, we'll see. You may be right, but you gotta you gotta add context. You know, it's not it's not a you know cookie cutter when you look at those things. You got who was the, the last second round wide receiver that the uh, Green Bay Packers took? 
It's Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's one of the things I've changed when, when looking at these, these prospects is that I, I, I also play, I, I also weigh a lot the, the team that drafts them, the GMs, like that, that plays a role. And uh, once again with Pickens, I think, I think Pittsburgh does a great job of wide receivers. So that was not a, a knock against him. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I, I, I think that front office knows what they're doing. Um, so like I said, I, it's certainly a risk. Um, but he's also got um, other, if you look at number fire, other comps include Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup. You can immediately leave those out, AJ Green. So I do think, Ryan, though, that the uh, Aaron Rodgers made the big mistake, biggest mistake of his career by staying with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, that organization clearly doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, when you're taking like Daniel DeGuara and AJ Dillon and all these, like their defense was really good last year. They did more to improve the defense coming into this year. It didn't give Ryan or Aaron Rodgers any weapons. They oh. did not lose that NFC. Like they didn't lose against the Niners because of their defense. They lost because they couldn't produce any offense. But, and but they just they lost their best offensive player outside of Aaron Rodgers. And it is fascinating to me. I cannot believe that he is not irate. And it's like, uh, you know, trade me. Trade me right now to the Vikings for Kirk Cousins. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I mean, like. They're a really good uh, wide receiver drafting team. They did a, the last time they had a terrible. good wide receiver drafted was eight years ago. I know that's what I'm saying. Years old. They did Devontae Adams. Well, like eight years ago, like, and in the meantime, it's a whole bunch of nobodies. Yeah, Just but they but, but, but they year. they moved up to 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 get this guy. They they, they had no I choice. Mean, well, they judged MVS in like the fifth round. I mean, you, really, you're gonna compare those you, guys? You, so. can move, you move up for players all the time. Doesn't mean it's a good pick. Yeah, they should have they should have taken Pickens. They should have moved up and just taken Pickens or Sky Moore or like there's plenty of people better. Time than will tell. Why would you want Little Sky Moore? Yeah, I agree with why would you want Little Sky Moore with Aaron Rodgers? He doesn't fit his profile because yeah. because Sky Moore isn't. Well, maybe he could be. Uh, anyway, we will we will see we will see. Let's move on to a different conversation because we're, we're I'm just saying going in circles like, this one. If I were a Packers fan, I'd be more angry about it than in my Vikings fan opinion about our draft. I'm just Sky Moore's play comparable. I'm just like I got player comparables up in front of me. Sky Moore's comparables <laughs> to Golden Tate, Christian Kirk, Stefan Diggs, Rashad Bateman, and then you, George Pickens was like Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy. Like you yeah, hate Jerry Judy. Well, I like Justin Jefferson. <laughs> the thing with these player comparisons, though, it's it. I mean, I, I, I'm the one that brought them up, but you you look at them and it's you, you're right. It's it's um. Their profiler is pretty good at it, though, with their athletic profilers, like their background. Like they, they, they're not pulling these guys out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, I mean, his, his record is as is mixed like everybody else's. You know, I mean, he, he's he's had plenty of uh, playing misses. So I, I, I do love. I do. Are pretty spot on. I'm not saying I do, rankings are good. I like the way they do player comparables, and I I was gonna say I think they bring in some bias into it because I feel like they used to. I feel like they've got a lot better. Uh, so Isaiah Spiller's player comparable is TJ Yeldon. Uh, TJ Yeldon was a second round draft pick, uh, a bigger back coming out of Alabama and actually had a really good, you know, like two year spurt in the NFL. I think Isaiah Spiller should be moved further up your, your rankings here in the rookie draft. Jake, it's uh if you can get two good years out of a running back in a mid second round pick, that's a big win. Yeah. But like you have to get two good years and for that to happen, what's going to happen to Eckler? 
Eckler gets hurt all the time. He gets hurt. He's you need that, and for that's that's the definition of a handcuff. And I'm not going to put a handcuff like too high. It's one of the most. Ranking. It's one of the most premium handcuffs in the NFL landscape, though. Yeah, but I don't uh, think his profile is like an AJ Dillon type or something like that, where he has standalone value. You know what I mean? Like I understand that if he gets that role, like. Six, but like six, mid mid second round of this year's draft, that's what you're getting, right? But like, he's, he's still a day three pick, so at best he's Cleo Herbert. Like if if injuries happen and he succeeds, he's Cleo Herbert. Like he's only valuable uh, until he's not. I think six. I think six worth is fourth round, and in, in comparing those to day three isn't fair. Hey Jake, where where are you? I'm looking for it on the Patreon page. I can't find it. Where where um where are they on the Patreon page? Oh, I got him. Um, it's on our last here, Google Ryan. sheet that we have, like show sheet, and it's on the the group me. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll check. Oh no. I copied the whole spreadsheet. Hold on. And I do day three running backs, like regardless of round six or round four, they, it's all the same. Like what happened to Michael Carter? He was an early day four. like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But but, I mean, I I think that same point, like, first of all, let's talk about you guys are, wasn't Joe Kelly a fourth round pick? Like what happened to him? No, Kelly was later. No, where, John, John Kelly. Going? John Kelly ended up going like fifth or sixth. Where, now, what are you? Is that what you guys arguing about? Like, like that's where I'm confused because I, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I, I understand, Jake, that you're not a big fan. So, are you saying that you wouldn't take Spiller anywhere like even late second round? Is that what you're arguing with Will about? Because I'm confused. Well, I, uh, what I just want to talk about was like day three values, fourth round versus seventh round. So, because day day three is a massive. Uh, it's just such a massive like pool of players. I feel pretty good where I have Spiller right now. Like, sure, the Chargers are one of the better teams in the league. So if he actually gets the opportunity, he's going to do pretty dang good. But I think Tyler Algier in Atlanta is going to see see the field way sooner than Spiller will. He doesn't need an injury. He's going to be the top of the depth chart pretty quickly. Other than CPAT, who's way worse than Eckler. Pierre Strong, New England is a revolving door for running backs. Typically, the cheapest one is the guy you want. I think that's Pierre Strong. Um, could be even Kevin Harris. Zamir White, I think he could be better than Josh Jacobs, who I think is a replacement-level talent. So I want him more than Spiller. I don't think he needs an injury to Josh Jacobs to be relevant. Um, Davis Price, t- um, third-round draft pick out of San Francisco, revolving door, same thing with New England. Could easily be Elijah, Mich- like Elijah Mitchell, one and two. Um, Brian Robinson ahead of um, Spiller, um, pushing Gibson down the depth chart right now. Like... GM is souring on them. We talk about a one-two punch, um, like the Daryl Williams and the other guy from Carolina, um, John Stewart. Um, th- that's what the, the Rivera was comparing him to today. Um, Damian Price in Houston, immediately starting job. Like there's Mike Davis is not out playing Damian Pierce. Um, he's the 2022 Michael Carter in my mind. James Cook, best landing spot you could have asked for. Rashad White, way better than Isaiah Spiller. So what name on that list deserves to be lo- lower than Spiller? Because like they all are going to see opportunity before him in my mind. I might even like I have Haskins one below Spiller and in a tier below Spiller, but I could see Haskins seeing an opportunity before Eckler because I could see Henry with his workload and with how run heavy they are going down before the Chargers, who are going to be more pass heavy with Herbert. The the I, best I, quality for Spiller in my mind is that he was an early declare. He's one of the young. If he's the youngest running back in the class, yeah, I don't think he's very good though. I, I you know, I, I think most of those guys just just all we in here since I haven't had a chance would would blonde ahead of Spiller. But 
I, I mean, I'll take the the all the day two running backs ahead of him, but but after that, it's it's pretty murky for me. I mean, I think I think you know you could argue Pierce and White um, and um, uh, the the running back that the Falcons took. How do you, is it? How do you pronounce his last name? Al Algier. Algier, yeah. Um, like but but I think they're all kind of you know I th- I think he has an interesting opportunity uh, honestly in Atlanta in terms of getting some play this year. Um, I mean, they, I know CPAT's there is the is the downside, but um, I love I lo- also love me some Isaiah Pacheco. I I, I think you're just discounting uh, Isaiah Spiller's athletic stats at the not running at the combine, having an absolutely horrible pro day running. His agent yeah. was one of the worst in the league uh, with what we're talking about. Uh, one, I think if you look at Austin Eckler, his durability is in question. If we're not talking about like missing whole games, he's missing parts of games. Uh, he only had 206 carries last year, which is not a ton for running back. There's a great spot to slot in right behind him. And when he goes down, Isaiah Spiller is going to be clearly the best backup running back in that backfield, and it's not even close. And they used fourth-round capital to take him. And I'm just very excited about his potential opportunity moving forward. Yes, I think Austin Eckler could still be a complete league winner in 2022, but I think one of the better handcuffs upside picks for accrued value Moving into this season is Isaiah Spiller. I don't think I, like like Josh Jacobs, Samir White. Like I, I don't even like that that running okay. back backfield. We kind of see, see how it shakes out. Uh, you know what, so, I, Jake? I have a question. Go ahead, Jake. I think you. Uh, I think. Oh, the thing is, I named off the guys ahead of him, and I have a hard time. Like I, I do think they all have opportunity before Spiller. Like I, that's just the way I think right now. But I, I'm still looking at those comparables, and I pulled up Spiller. And sure, TJ Yeldon's number one. You got David Montgomery, Arian Foster, Travis Etienne, Kareem Hunt. That's that's not bad at all. That's that's pretty dang good. Did yeah, so, they let off like, with the worst one? <laughs> yeah, and, I, and they got there. He is an early declare, which is something I, I like. I love me a young running back. Like I understand the appeal, but like he's he ran a four six nine on like. <laughs> he should. He, I agree. Hey, I agree, Jake. Should have never tested. Uh, he was banged up. Didn't have good coaching in the offseason. He does have to fix that. And so there is a red flag there. And he uh, is behind Eckler. Like, Eckler's going to be the workhorse. Like, But I also but, think uh, Eckler's going to get expensive quickly. So we're, we're moving. I mean, granted, his like the contract he signed is, is Eckler, shame on you for this contract. Uh, they, they have an out for next year to save like three million bucks. But the next year after that, they can save six. And I think Spiller has the opportunity to flash enough in one of the most high powered offenses in the NFL that we want to see that this could be it. Like this is one of those upside picks where I think tier like tier and David Davis price. Does he have a chance to rise above uh, Mitchell in dynasty value? I don't really know, but I think Isaiah Spiller has a complete chance to rise into the top. I don't know, 30 picks in a dynasty uh, start draft. Hey, Jake, I've got a question for you about one guy on your list. I'm curious why he is so high. Cause you have uh, Pierce um, out of Florida at number five overall going to Houston. You're calling him the 2022 Michael Carter. He, you, you think he might have a good year and then, then to sell him after he does. Um, I, I was talking to Trey and Trey watched a lot of, a lot of Gator tape. And he thought like Pierce was like the, the third, like, he's like, I, I'm not even a big fan of Pierce. He was like the third, he was, was, was one of the, not even one of the best running backs on his team. Um, and then going to Houston, you know, even if he's a starter, how good is that offense going to be? Um, 
I, I'm just I'm just curious why why you have him there. I mean, it's a weak running back class. So once again, we're arguing. I think after you get outside of Holland Walker, the rest of these guys. I mean, maybe Cookie be a little excited about White, a little bit excited about Tampa. I get that, but like, what? Why Pierce above um, these other guys? I'm curious what what you like about him. Because for, for shame, Trey, for hating the, on your alma mater. The running back position, it's talent isn't the most important thing at the end of the day. It's opportunity. It's touches. If you are like, for example, Josh Jacobs in Oak in Oak. I work in Oakville. Oakland. Vegas. <laughs> yes. Thank you. In, in, in Vegas. Um, in my mind, he's a replacement level guy, and they just never had a guy on the depth chart good enough to replace him, right? Like, um, but he, and he stayed there because he had yeah. that first round draft capital, um, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So as long as Damian Pierce is getting the opportunity, and I think he w- will because ahead of him um, on the depth chart, you got Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead. Um, Dara Ogunbo- Ogunbo- yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bad, yeah, it's a bad depth chart. I mean, he, he should get the like opportunity, it's terrible. right? It's a yeah. terrible depth chart. So, yeah. like, he, like if, if Trey is saying that he was the third best on his college depth chart, he, his college depth chart was probably better than the Houston Texans depth, depth chart. Like, because that's what you're telling me. Like, <laughs> like, every, like every position, right, on the Gators uh, team is better so than he, the He's going to get fantasy That offense was bad. He's 10 a chance. That's, that's there you go, Ryan. I, no, I appreciate. I appreciate. Like I said, I'm not like taking a task for the ranking. I, I think once I think once you Strictly get opportunity, I, I I think your top four are spot on, and I think once you get outside of that top four, it's uh, you're right. I mean, look so, for opportunity and, and situation and stuff like that. Although I, I I see what Will saying because Spiller, the thing that's excited about him is you know he was highly recruited at a high school, um, you know, really you know high dev devy you know prospect. So. I think I, I think I don't want to discount that too much because I I I I think that's probably worth betting on because that Chargers yeah if, um, Eckler goes I, down I think Spiller they've I they've added the offensive line yeah so I just think like that team is one of the best like I'm willing to take more risk on him than early opportunity uh, and along with Eckler's contract which again for for shame Austin Eckler's agents like, right. You make some great points, Will, and I, pro- I definitely will be moving him up. And one point that needs to be dro- driven home is right now, like the first, second round, like you could be pretty wide receiver heavy with the top tier of wide receivers we have in this class. But there are like 10 to 15 running backs that they have an outside chance at opportunity. And like I just said, all you need is an opportunity if you're running back. So if those the late second to fifth round picks, you should you have to be hammering running back as much as you can in my mind. Like I... Oh yeah, it's just an absolute no-brain. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, now that I look at this list, I love it. Like, we were we were arguing so much about Watson. You you, you really don't have him ranked that low, do you? <laughs> so we were talking low, about low enough this. that I'll never get him though. <laughs> yeah, no, probably. It's, it, and, and then Ryan, you got to pay attention to the tiers too as we go through this. Like, Zamir White's the same tiers as Isaiah Spiller. And I think that's fair because I think Zamir White's still an elite talent, but it's uh he he probably has long-term arthritis issues in his knee too. Right, so like, but he could boom in the first couple of years. And again, uh, I think it's w- one of the reasons you need to move away from Nick Chubb. I was talking to Dave about this in a chat. I was like, I think this is the year to move away from Nick Chubb. And at 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 worst, midway through the season, to move away from Nick Chubb. We saw those time early. People who have catastrophic knee injuries when they're younger, 
do struggle with arthritis when they're older. I, and I, that's actually, I, that's to me is a really big deal. Uh, like, I think you're, I think you're right, but it's going to be hard to move Nick Chubb. You know, I, I mean, that's the thing you, we probably missed our window. Yeah. Uh, right. I'm not moving Brees Hall for him. I didn't think you would. I, hey, I had to do my, I, I offered Will a couple of uh, players for, for the one-on-one. I just, I, come on. I got to make some offers. <laughs> you could have made him a little bit more juicy. I took him over Christian McCaffrey. You got to set that as the bar in that draft. I, I forgot. I don't know. I just, I just was having fun. I just wanted to send some. Oh, offers. I was so mad at you for those offers. Okay. Like you were. Chubbin 302 for <laughs> Kenneth Walker. What's that? Sorry, Will. Or uh, Jake. Chubb and 302 for Kenneth Walker. So the hard part is this is my line is I was, I was talking about this too. Again with Dave is it's the Walker Chubb line because Chubb was a better prospect. I I like, I think landed like overall ended up being a better situation. It is one of the better, like pure runners we've seen in the NFL, but I like the age difference. I don't like that, that Chubb's been in the league this long and we haven't seen the arthritis pop up yet. And that's a projection on my point, but, uh, I, I think I'm. I think I'm taking Kenneth Walker. The Kenneth Walker. Yeah, we're side. not. Chubb's not. Chubb's no longer a prospect, right? Like you can't compare them prospect to prospect when Chubb's yeah. almost twenty. You're gonna be twenty-seven yeah. this year. Like you have. But to I, also, I think Super- Kenneth Walker's be really good. I, I don't. Yeah. That's why you have to go with the youth there. Oh, that's e- and that's easy. Like who doesn't make that deal, right? Uh, like for Walker, well, right? Like so. So what? How high of a draft pick would you add to Chubb than to get Walker? Would you do a, a mid twenty twenty three second? Because that's sure. That's a decently sized that the next year's class is good. Yeah, that's too far for me. That second is going to be good. That's like a late first in this class in my mind. Like, I don't know, man. I, I mean, Chubb, but, the thing, but, but here's the thing: even if it's good, Chubb falls off a cliff next year. Jake, you're still ahead. I I don't disagree with you at all. I, yeah. I'm very much in. I don't yeah. want Chubb on any of my roster. Same with Dalvin Cook. Um, one guy I have difficult with like Derrick Henry's in that category. Like Camara. Like yeah. Yeah, all those, all, all those guys, guys that because nobody wants them. Those league, those league winners of the past, and, and guys that if you hang on to, they they might help you win a championship. But but you want to get rid of them no matter what, even if you're selling a year early. I do want to try to acquire Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry as cheaply as possible, though. They're, I think they'll be great fantasy producers this season, at least early on, and then you're in like a power position. Oh, I mean, if if you want to acquire those guys, you, you I don't know, you probably. I don't know. I guess you have to pay more in season, but what are you, what are you going to give for them? Well, well, that's the thing. Oh I mean, no, I just said, I just said all the links about why they're going to do two great to I those froze. players. You're back off frozen. I, I froze. So I said, what are you going to give them? Well, and then he froze. I was like, oh, yeah, well, okay. first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to create a spreadsheet with all the articles against them. And then I'm going to send them to <laughs> every in our league that has them and be like, yeah, dude, I'll give you my second as a courtesy offer. So are we gonna are we gonna keep rolling with this Patreon show? Are we gonna do a big show, or is this the big no, show? We're, just, we're posting this big show, yeah. Big yeah, show. baby, this is the big show. Welcome to the big show, everybody. No. I am Edward Librarian, rather oh. good. Joining me this evening are um, at Patreon. Ooh, I should probably I, I should probably tweet then, huh? Yeah. So cool. So we're gonna get all the juicy information. Wow, I wish I I wish I I wish I had been asking these questions and sharing your rankings, and Jake. Uh, uh, if you just care. if you just if you just tuned in now, uh, the the Kenny pick eighty five percent of we are we are um, lockstep at least with our top two wide receivers though. I guess most of the dynasty community probably is too. I I kind of thought that um, Burks would would like kind of slide down because he went after several guys, but that I I think that just shows the community's pretty he smart. Way up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because which I think is the right play. I, I think that oh. I think that Drake London and and, and Burks 
for me are pretty clearly above those next guys. And maybe that's radical to say, but I'm, I much more want them than um, the Ohio state wide receivers than, than, than um, Williams or those the other guys. So I think I'm probably an Island. Cause like for some people, they're very close together, but for me, London and Burks way ahead of those other wide receivers. So I have a pretty, I have a gap between London and Burks. I have a pretty clear uh, tier difference for me. Um, I mean, I, I prefer London quite a bit over Burks too, I guess I just to clarify, but, but I mean, yeah. you know, those guys are still way above the other guys. So what are you putting, what are you putting the rookies into your full dynasty rankings? Um, so this is, if this is the main show, I just do a little breakdown. If uh, highly recommend becoming a Patreon, I just spent pretty much majority of my day, I would say better of six hours um, creating just, just the rookie rankings. Um, tier, tiered it out, um, have my regular rankings go up to 50, 50 players. That's a nice, even number. Um, oh, it's 48 players, so four rounds. Break it up in position, have tiers and positions, and then I added um, a note per every player. So it took a took a long time, but it's pretty much my general consensus on how I feel about that player or situation. It is great, Jake. I mean, this is up there with. Um, I feel really good people. about it. Yeah, no, I mean it's really good. It's worth it's it's worth paying for. I mean, and and here's the thing: we hope you would stay on as a Patreon, but you could subscribe for a little while. And then uh, also, shout out to. Andrew Squint, our uh, Carolina Reaper Patreon member, who is in our group me yet. Yeah. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, I think our nice. biggest Patreon subscriber is not in our group me. Oh, we got to get him in the group me. This is a big. This is a big problem. Is he- <laughs> I mean, he's also. The, I, I just got him into his first dynasty league, and he's like one of my best friends, if not cool. my best friend overall. Oh, if, I got him in the group me. If not, um, it's not even I close. thought we were your best friends in the world. No, I mean, hurt. I talk to you more than I do him. I think, like, individually. <laughs> but it's uh, okay, well, it's all right. But yeah, if I, we were if we were all hanging off a cliff, I would use two two hands to grab Andrew. I'm can, sorry, boys. Can we tell our listeners our, our big news, Will? No, Will and I. No. no, no, I can't tell them. Oh, this news, the visit news. Okay, yeah, yes. So, Jake, Will, and I, we've been doing the, you know, with, with Trey, we started the Fancy Joes. How many years ago was it? Was it like four years ago or something? Twenty six. Like I think it was twenty sixteen. I think it's been six years. Oh my god, we've been doing it for that long. Okay. Let's say that's right. I think I think it is right. Um, we've never met in person. Um, Will's come to Chicago a couple of times. One time we we're going to get together. I, it fell through. It's my fault. But I've been to Chicago you know, so family, many times. And it going to the time. going to the Twin Cities. We're going <laughs> to connect with the with the um, uh, the Greenwoods. Are you staying at the Water Park of America? We're not. No, oh. we we got a water park. I got a water park like five minutes on the road that we're going to stay at at some point this summer. So I'm doing um, Treadfest 2022. I got to show this beach bot to somebody. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I am. I am as as um, fit as I think I've ever been. So me, so me too, my friend. We'll just have to bust off our shirts and flex or something for each other. I have a video, I mean, video I'll wear I'll wear a tank top. All right. But mostly for your sons, Ryan, so they can see the best thing <laughs> that they can become. I, I'm so excited for your visit up here. Yeah, uh, it's going to be are great. Too. I still kind of decided what activities because it's hard uh, without little kids to decide what they would like. But at the end of it, we have a park right by my house, Ryan, where yeah. I will play with those kids until they fall apart. All right. Because cool. we'll play two on one soccer. Uh, we will be up 10 0, and then I'll go easy. <laughs> You know, you play soccer against my boys. They 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 have a system. One of them grabs the because per- I play two on one with them, and they one of them grabs me, and then the other one scores a goal. So that's just good. That's a strategy. 
Yeah, that's that's, but you're going you're going nice father mode. You're not going full Marshawn Lynch. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> My turn, kids are gonna turn. start crying like Mr. Will's kicking her ass this game. Why is he celebrating so hard after every goal? <laughs> Let's get back to the rankings. Thank you. I, I'm still, I'm still more upset about your guys' opinion about Kenny Pickett than I think we need to also discuss it on the big show tonight. Yeah, okay. where, uh, so where, where in this rookie class would you put like Saquon Barkley? Are, are, are you taking one hundred two? Uh, Sa- one hundred two? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. right. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I guess I would, but it's, it's, it's closer for me than than it should be, honestly, because. I don't know. Okay, so, anyways, did all these rankings took me a long ass time. Um, they're kind of an ag- an ag- aggregate of the tools I used that I collected it all from. Like I, I don't watch too much film myself, so I take information from people who are better at this than I am, and I kind of take the points that I believe in the most, wrap it all together, and kind of take my own process and go from there. Right. So I, I've taken some of the player profiler rankings. I got um, DFB encounter helping me out with uh, Jake Sanderson over there. Um, got re- reception perception. Um, I listened to the Scott bear podcast today um, where he, he listened to every press conference um, at post draft, um, how what the coaches and GMs were saying about their picks um, I thought that was extremely useful. Um, DLF ADP, um, DDC, the trade calculator, and honestly, just depth charts on player profile was huge. Um, but yeah, ton like just. I'm not the smartest person, but I try to get my information from people who are, are much smarter than me. Um, so I would just say put your trust in that. Um, but yeah, like. The, rank, the rankings are as detailed as ever. Um, the, the dynasty rankings are coming, and you'll be able to compare the rookies with the vets um, to get a better idea of where, like, the Barclays would rank in this. And Because I, I am a huge advocate for trading out or trading back and trading for 2023 20, picks at all, like, at all costs. Like, I, I think that's the move. What do you guys think? You're all for just trading out is what you're saying. Oh yeah. Like, like there's very few spots in here that I actually like really want to make a pick like one Oh one Brees hall. Um, there's just, there's just massive tiers. I feel like with good, like wide receivers. And I don't know if everyone talks about how good this 2023 class is, but I'm not a huge Debbie guy, but kind of breaking down and using these resources, I've kind of got more Debbie information and I've been, and I've seen uh, some 2023 mock drafts too because they're starting to roll out. And there's like four or five QBs in the top in the first round, and that's not even including like um, Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler, and a few other guys. Like it is deep, and I feel like in every position, like the second round is going to be filthy, and the first round is going to be more comparable to like the 2021 draft and the 2020 draft. So I feel like it's a no-brainer to accumulate assets and and get more picks for next year. Well, here's the thing. I think you're probably right. I think it's much easier to say than it is to do because I don't. I I I've not seen anyone that itching to trade next year's draft picks for for this draft class. I I, I so I I think you're right to try like heck to do it. I I don't know how much success you'll have. Um, 
Go ahead. Can, can, can I give uh, some fr- perspective on this? Uh, one, Debbie has always been very, very interesting to me. And I've, I've been a part of a couple leagues that have had Debbie drafts. Uh, one is my, you know, like, you know, I'm in there with a uh, uh, dynasty trade tech calculator guys, some guys right for DLF, you know, talking about all the, all the big wigs, but some of the, the Debbie picks that were taken in the startup draft, uh, two of them were Max Borgie and Justin Ross in 2019 after their, their freshman seasons. You know, another one was uh, Matt, Matt Corral. Uh, DJ Ugolalele uh, is another one that was taken recently in rookie drafts and spent. Uh, Sam Howell is another one. Like, it, it fluctuates so much year to year. And this year, I think, has put the weirdest stamp on Debbie that we've, we've seen in a long time. Like, it used to be, I think, a little bit easier. She was be really good. Like, you know, like Kenny Pickett was a Debbie, a Debbie draft pick that was very highly coveted after his freshman year. And then now it's like he goes in the second round. He's not that elite tier. It might not be worth it because we're only allowed to have so many Debbie players on that, 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 that team. So Debbie to me is fascinating. And I've, I've won on it with like Jonathan Taylor in the past, but I've also lost on it uh, with, you know, even uh, I'm trying to think. Like, like what kind of picks I've lost on in the past, but it's, it's very, it's very easy to see players fall heavily moving forward. Yeah. I, I was, it's funny. Cause, cause Trey and I were also talking about that today in, in the Voxer chat, we were talking about Debbie prospects and, and Will, you named some of them like last year, you know, Sam Howell was a, you know, popular quarterback and Malik Willis was, got, was getting hot. Um, and Spencer Rattler, Jake, who you mentioned, and, and he yeah. still could be something, but he was like, Oh, he's a, he could have been eligible in this draft class. You know, he's a, he's a surefire thing. So I, I think you, you do have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, th- that said, I think there's going to be a lot of talent, even if some of the W guys bust out because several of them will, it always but happens. I, Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller were supposed to be close to the one one this year. Right. If, if not the, like the one one and be, and be right up there. Uh, it is another one. It's hard in this league because they get nicknamed. So tender babbler was for a Spencer Rattler in the Debbie draft. I must yeah. say, like, Debbie's strategy is a whole different conversation, right? I'm just saying that the 2023 draft at this point looks like it's going to be good, and I understand things can ebb and flow, but I think, like, the level of prospects we're talking about, like, I don't see them falling off a cliff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, what? The Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, it's like... It's- well, here, and here's the, here's the other thing, too. Um what look at this class and what's the strength of this class? It's a wide receiver position. Honestly, guys, you know, when I look at the important positions on my team, especially in super flex leagues, I, I really care about the strength of the running back position. Obviously, I care about my quarterbacks. I like to have an elite tight end. Um, wide receivers are at the bottom of the list, let's be honest for me. Like I I, th- I think people still overvalue wide receivers. I think some of that mindset that was popular, you know, years ago, like we're in a startup, you know, Hey, I'm going to draft wide receiver, younger wide receivers, and then get that core set up. And then my rookie drafts hammer of the running back position. Well, you know, it's, I think we're seeing wide receiver values change, fluctuate more than we ever have, because let's look at the the trends here, like AJ Brown, the the Titans take them. Okay. He's getting too expensive. I'm going to flip to the Eagles. And I, I think that with that kind of movement, it, with, with some of these guys that are elite, your, your values are going to fluctuate. So uh, I, I, I just think that um, another reason to look at 2023, Jake, is, is because the, the strength in that class, you've got a number of quarterbacks, um, number of running backs. Every position. Where, 
Yeah. Whereas this class, it's, you know, unless you get Holland Walker, it, it's it, for all intents and purposes, it's, it's all about the wide receiver position. And there may be some elite wide receivers. I'm sure there's a Justin Jefferson in this class or an AJ Brown. Um, but good luck determining who that is because we have a kind of bad track record at this um, in Dynasty. But, but also just, yeah, I, I want running backs and quarterbacks, not, not wide receivers. The 2023 wide receiver class even looks better than the 2022. Like um, Jackson Smith, uh, Nagba, I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Um, Keishon Booty, like Quentin Johnson. Um, DFB Encounter has seven bulletproof prospects. Obviously, we're early right now um, in the process for even determining who's bulletproof, et cetera, et cetera. But he's like, he's got seven guys already. Like, th- this class has like three or four. Like, and I understand that can fall off completely based on draft capital and stuff. But I'm just like, right. and if the running backs are like even way better. Like, I don't watch college football and I've heard of like 90% of these guys, which I feel like says something. Like, can, can, uh, just a, a quick point about a future Debbie, especially in projecting draft classes, is one, uh, we have NIL deals in place. And the COVID year threw everything off for this year. <clears throat> so we have like a weirdly, like, like deeper draft class, but not, not all that excited. It's kind of weird. Prospects are older. But NIL, so Bijan Robinson at Texas. If a booster down in Texas is like, hey, Bijan, I'll give you $8 million to stay at Texas for the next season because I think we have a championship winning roster. You don't think he's going to take that? Because he's still going to go in the first round the next season. He'll just be a year older. And I, I, I do think there's – when you look at second and third round picks especially, uh, I do think you're going to see more players stay in college because their rookie year deal is worth less than what they will get from their NIL money. And I think it's going to be absolutely fascinating. And I'm, yeah, no, that will be fascinating. And, and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm happy that they're getting money, but I don't know how it's going to change the college landscape and everything, but I'm very excited to see how this all plays out. Yeah, that's, that, the, that's an excellent point. It's, gonna, it's similar to the fifth-year option being fully guaranteed, how that changed where quarterbacks are going in the first round. Um, it's going to, like what you're saying there with the NIL deals, that's going to definitely determine if, what prospects come out and when. Yeah. Like, like if Christian Watson was two years younger and he was at North Dakota state, that community, all roots for North Dakota state, all the businesses do, he could have gotten who knows, like one half million dollars to stay with the team. And that's more than his, his rookie deal as a second round pick, which is one of the flaws with the NFL and their, their pay grades and like how they work it all out and how it's all like structured. So they're either going to have to change it for the NFL so that it's more enticing for college prospects to come out or they're just going to have to allow, allow players to come out sooner. Yeah, you make a, you make a great point with that. Um, coming back to this year's class, because I feel like most people are dealing with their 2022 rookie drafts right now, obviously. And I think we're all we're kind of all in agreement a bit. If you can acquire 2023 picks in the process, um, that's a good process. Um, what is bad process, in my opinion, is drafting James Cook too highly. Um, I've I could see him going in the first round of some super flex drafts, and I think that would be uh, I think it'd be a bad pick. Like him getting picked in the second round, barely, um, is pretty fantastic. He got an absolute dream landing spot in Buffalo, um, but the way that Buffalo's coaching staff has been talking about him right now is they've been trying like. They tried to sign McKissick, and Washington stole him away from him. 
And now they're dra- uh, drafting James Cook kind of just to fill that McKissick role is kind of what they're talking about. And if he's just a third down passing down back, that's not, that's not very ideal. Like uh, McKissick and fantasy has never been relevant. Like he's never been worth an early second round pick or a first round pick at all. So if that's what we can expect out of James Cook, it's a, it's a bad pick. Um, but if you're on the side of he's going to supplant Singletary and get way more touches and maybe be more like his brother than um, people expect, then it's a good pick. But I don't, I don't land on that side. He's my RB4 in the class, which isn't uh, anything to slouch at by any means. But I think I'd take a Rashad White, and I think I'd be more like in that, in that spot, I'm probably taking a wide receiver, um, like a David Bell. What do you guys think? Uh, you know, it's tough for me, Jake, because, you know, I'm kind of team running back and I, I think it's a more valuable position. I think you make some good points. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know how often I'll have the opportunity, but, but I, I think, I think you could be right about Cook. I think that he could be like, um, not exactly like Trey Sermon, but, you know, I think there was hope that Trey Sermon was going to, you know, look at the black backfield and step into this role, take over. Um, I think it's a good person. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I don't, I definitely don't think you could draft James Cook and think, okay, this is a guy I could put in my RB2 or flex spot. I, I just think there are some question marks. Um, just like there are with white. I mean, white was not um, highly recruited at all at a high school. He's 23 years old. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, he's going to Tampa. He'll be, he'll be the running back too. He might get the opportunity, but yeah, once again, with this running back class after Hall and, and Walker, there's a lot of handcuffy type of guys, aren't there? Um, and, and they can be valuable. They can win you a championship if, if they get the opportunity at the right time, no, no doubt about it. But I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I don't, I don't know that I pass on cook for, for some of the wide receivers you have ahead of him, but I, I think you make a strong argument that that might be the right play. Like, I don't know how often Josh Allen is going to be looking to pass it to the running back instead of holding it. They also just drafted uh, Shakir, who plays a similar role. They have Isaiah McKenzie. They assigned James Crowder, who's like a slot receiver. Like, if he's the pass- passing down role for Buffalo, I don't even know how big that role is. Uh, so, so one, the offensive coordinator left, right, to be the head coach of the Giants. Uh, and so that, that offense will change a little bit overall uh, when it's moving, like moving forward with the Bills. It, well, it definitely won't be the exact same. Uh, and if it's close, we still got to project that like this is the best running back they've had in that backfield for a long time. And it pains me because Duke Johnson signed with the Buffalo Bills. And I want the next Duke Johnson breakout season or games. And I missed out on him last year because I missed the playoffs a couple leagues where I had him. But anyway, long story short, uh, I do think with pedigree and where James Cook was in Georgia, that's a whole running back mismatch. Like he's competing against Amir White. He's a year older than him much bigger, much more athletic, fits much more the college scheme, but he was still able to be the pass catching running back out of that elite national championship winning offense. So when it, when it, when it comes to James Cook, I, I do like this landing spot. And with, I will go with Matt Waldman says that he fits really well into their scheme. It is the biggest riser after the draft. Second round draft capital to the Buffalo Bills, uh, was it Brandon Bean, is, is actually a really great GM and really intelligent and a very fun interview to listen to. And so I actually, I'm in favor of moving him up. In a single quarterback league, I was thinking about taking him 107. 
just recently and I passed and I almost kind of regret it, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, like I'm trying to project how intelligent I am about looking at all this stuff versus just the consent consensus. So I went with James and uh, Williams. 107 is expensive. Like that opportunity cost, you could be like, not, not this year's class though. That, that's the thing is if you can't trade out and you're, you have to stick and pick, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I struggled with it quite a bit. I think that's a tough spot to be at like the, that mid to late first round um, and trying to do something with it. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I, I think it's hard to get a 2023rd uh, pick or picks. I think it's hard to get a, you know, like a younger player. I think it's hard to trade back. Um, Cause I mean, like, is there anyone who was that excited about in that range? Like I'm going to trade up to the one Oh seven and grab my guy. I just, I just don't think, I, I think a lot of people look at that and they're like, ah, oh, there are a lot of guys that, Will fall to me at the 111, 112 that I'll be happy with. So I'm not gonna. I think it's a tough spot to be in. I, just, I, I think I think uh, James Cook is a very talented player with very little tread on his tires for a running back and fell into one of the best offenses he could have. And his 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 upside to me is tremendous. Uh, I I don't want to oversell it. Thus is why I took Jameson Williams. But uh, I, I'm sad that he's like when I made that pick. I was sad afterwards that I didn't get him. I like guess too bad you couldn't have traded back, picked up a 2023 20, second in the process, and then maybe got him at like early second. And if you didn't, you didn't. You know what I mean? Like, no, he went. He he went one away. I had picks really? after it. I'm I'm shocked yeah. by that. And I think it's the right pick in this draft. Honestly, I think the thing about like I I still think Jameson Williams has elite upside, which is why I ended up taking that. But uh, I have seven I, I wide think, receivers that want more. Yeah. I do think there. I also think there is something to buy into for the pedigree of having an older brother in the league and. He can call him and ask him about anything. They're in different conferences. Like it's uh, they got drafted in the same round, but like different, different, like pedigree of prospect is like night and day in I, my opinion. Dalvin Cook was one of the most elite college producers of all That's time. That's what I'm saying. Like, like it's crazy they're drafted in the same. But round. but he wasn't at Georgia. Georgia had Zamir White, who was like 30 years old, running in his peak performance running back role, and they also had several five star recruits behind him. So I actually don't mind that he doesn't have that. But it's uh he's he's not like he's you know he's not a swift level like I think uh like like elite level, but it's he might be you know ninety two percent of it. Fair. Do you guys have like a favorite sleeper in the in the class or anything like that, or a truther? Christian Watson. No, I'm just kidding. Um... Who's your, or not even a sleeper, like who's just your favorite guys, like stud, stud or not, like it doesn't matter if he's a stud. Favorite guy in the class. Is, Brees Hall. Uh, so Tyler Goodson landed with the the Green Bay Packers as their potential third shoot running back. God bless the Hawkeyes. I didn't even rank Tyler Goodson. <laughs> Undrafted free agent. He has big enough hands. He has good enough explosive. He does need to, uh, his decision making needs to get quite a bit better. But hopefully that offense does a lot of good things for him. And Aaron Jones is probably gone after this year. So if Tyler Goodson can flash or Aaron Jones goes down, he feels right into that pass catching, you know, kind of like a explosive back compared to A.J. Dillon, who is both explosive, pass catching, and all around. But they don't want to use him like that yet. I, I can tell you my least favorite um, skill position player that was drafted. <laughs> And it's the the watershed the Bears drafted. Um, oh, Twenty five year old. Um, what the f guys? Like what the heck? Like I, I 
uh, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic about this new Bears regime, but um, and, and I have no problems with their their you know taking the you know um, the, the quarterbacks right that with the two picks in the second round. But man, I just like what like uh, and who knows maybe maybe it works out for them. But I, I just it was a it was a, a head scratcher, uh, you know, because there were other wide receivers on the board that I I, I think will have have better uh, better careers. But I mean, Bayless Jones versus David Bell is. Like, I, it's right. I mean, I mean, I don't, why, I don't why, understand why, the chasm between it those. Doesn't two. make that does not make. And David fits. David Bell fits so well into what they want to yeah. do. Like the safest receiver when it comes to route running, I think in this class is is yeah. probably David Bell. Yeah, yeah, D- yeah. David Bell would have been great. Um, Jalen Tolbert, I would have been fine with. You know, also went um, what was an option for the Bears there, and um, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the worst pick for, for me. And and so I, I yeah, I mean he's he's certainly gonna be like a freebie in your in your rookie drafts because I mean I mean maybe when people like go through all the names that they know and get desperate, like well, he was driving to the third round, I'll take him. But I mean it's it's pretty uh, bad. can I say that this year's draft for the Vikings uh bodes very well for Amir Smith Marset. They yeah, basically I suppose it does. And uh it, <laughs> like his opportunity is boundless. I love it. Where I love, we've uh, been big Amir Smith, Marcet's truthers on this podcast. I mean, he's on all I my Will teams, and I, so. yeah, same with me. So I think uh, we we own him everywhere. I don't think if we're in the same league, there. Jake. You don't own him. <laughs> I, I would. I might want to like bet otherwise, but you're probably not wrong. Um, no, that's totally fair. I think but, uh, was, I've already made you guys aware of it, but my number one guy, not really even that close in this class, is uh, Mr. Jelani Woods, tight end drafted by the Colts. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know much about this guy, but, like, absolute freak athlete. Just absolute freak. Guy's, like, 6'7". Um, you, there was – I watched a YouTube uh, today, and I watch, I watch it uh, every year, the the Colts and other teams, they just kind of do a background on their draft process and just kind of off season as a whole. And uh, a few times they had the, their scouts were talking and he quoted as, I haven't seen a player that size that good. Um, and the math bomb on Twitter, um, Kent, um, I can't remember his last name, Kent something, um, the math bomb on Twitter um, gave him a perfect 10 RAS score, which is pretty much just a, uh, Simple context for player metrics, um, which is their relative athletic score is what it stands for. But he was a perfect 10 out of every tight end they've ever um, had. And like they've ever had, um, Johnny Woods is number one. Like he is the freakiest of the freaks of athletes. He got day two draft capital. Um, and he went to the Colts who, who know how to use these guys, who look for these kind of um, out-of-the-box um, tool sets. Um, they have Mo Alley Cox, and he's just kind of like a bigger, badder, um, younger Mo Alley Cox. And I'm, I couldn't be more excited about it. Um, I think he has a floor of uh, who is the like the Jacob Harris type of guy. Um, Kyle Pitts for the Rams. Well, I'm talking floor. Um, I know. I think like I think his floor is like it could be zero points in 2022, which is like the scary part where he might he could not see the field. He could. He could just be buried in the depth chart, but what I what I kind of think is going to happen is that like I I think he's just that mismatch that uh, 
you're going to want on the field at all times. Um, I think he's going to be a difference maker. Like I, I think while he has that low ceiling, I think a uh, low floor, I think his ceiling is as high as anybody in this class. Like I legitimately think he has the potential to be the, the, the tight end two in dynasty behind Kyle Pitts. If he hit his potential, not saying he will, that's a low percentage, but I think that's in his range of outcomes. Yeah, and I I love uh, his you know side his size, and uh, I assume athleticism. I don't have it in front of me, Jake, but he's a you know a, a transfer prospect that went from Oklahoma State to Virginia and finally boomed in his his senior year. I, it's just it's it's interesting that I, I do think he has like a great amount of upside, but a lot of six seven tight ends they that's not like a great NFL height. I think overall, like that's, that's kind of a weird in between being an offensive lineman and tight end pass catcher in the NFL. I do think he has all the upside and potentially has like great film, but he also stayed until the senior year and was absolutely, he's just a massive human being. He, he actually uh, converted. So he was like, he was late to the tight end game. Um, I believe he was a quarterback and then converted to wide receiver and now obviously tight end. So I think that's kind of my justification for why he's not like an early declare by any means. Tight end is probably one of the harder positions to learn, um, but he's raw. Right. Um, and you're just you're looking to a mold that athleticism. Um, but I saw some videos on Twitter of like gameplay of him where he literally looks like um, you, obviously you guys have seen the movie elf. Yes. Yes, thank you. Um, you know the scene where Elf is play like Buddy is playing football against the elves, and he's just like absolutely wrecking havoc. You actually, you might not have realized it, but you were watching game tape of Jelani Woods at the time, and just playing in the North Pole. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like you might not have realized that, but like he makes college athletes look like little elves out there. Like it's, it's, it's just bonkers. I like it. Uh, probably a guy you take and you you got to probably have to sit on. You got to be patient, right? I, mean, I, tr- I traded a 2023 second to draft him at 204, which I did not feel good about at all. Tight end, tight end uh, premium, I'm assuming? Yeah, to two yeah. PPR, so higher than a regular tight yeah, end make, premium. Makes sense, yeah. And Trey McBride was uh, off the board. Johnny Woods is not my tight end one in the class, but uh, I do think his ceiling is potentially higher than Trey McBride. I just don't think the likelihood of him hitting it is as high. Another tight yeah. end I love just to kind of sneak in there is a who like more of a truther because I don't see him having immediate production is Charlie Kolar for Baltimore. They drafted two tight ends in the fourth round, which is something that they love to do. Not necessarily the fourth round, but just two tight ends in the same draft class. I think they think this might be the third or fourth time they've done it. Um, Kolar seems to be the more of the pass catcher out of the two from at least my research. He had a 9.10 uh, RAS score. He's six. He's six seven as well, so he's a big dude. Um, both of his teachers were uh, both of his teachers. Both of his parents were professors. <laughs> um, and then he also won like the I don't know what the actual award was called, but it was like the athletic Heisman, essentially, uh, not athletic, um, academic Heisman. Um, so a very smart dude. Um, six seven, super athletic, um, and obviously he's stuck behind. Uh, Mark Andrews, but with trading Hollywood Brown, leaning way more towards the run-heavy offense, you, I, I'm expecting in 2022, I expect more 12 personnel. And I think he like there's a chance that he kind of fits into like a Hayden Hurst type of role sooner than later. And 
if he can, if there's an injury or something like that, I feel that like he could be sneaky. Um, I'm probably not drafting him anywhere, um, but as a free agent for free, I probably would consider picking him up, putting him on a taxi squad. Uh, so one, winning the academic Heisman at Iowa State University is like, uh, that's like me beating Ryan kids in soccer. You know, that, that's cool. <laughs> it was complete trash. Let's get it out of here. No, that's <laughs> not regret. Had to say it, uh, which I think Kohler's interesting, but I think more le- uh, to be more interesting for the Titans, the Ravens draft in the fourth round is I like Isaiah likely better. Interesting. Uh, you want to talk about you want to talk about giants among children? Uh, Isaiah likely was was that in college, and he abs- his highlights are I think at the top end of this draft class compared to anybody else. His lowlights can't really find because he was basically absent from a couple games. But I, I think he's a side speed specimen with great great hands. And was that offenses at Coastal Carolina? He was their best offensive weapon on that team. Uh, and so I think it's also interesting that Hayden Hurst went first and uh, Mark Andrews went second. And then now Kohler went first and Isaiah Likely went second, although completely different draft capital overall. But like, let's, let's just run with this narrative. Uh, I think Isaiah Likely is that, uh, that, that like silky smooth tight end pass catcher that Lamar Jackson is really going to resonate with. That, that I'm, I'm promoting that upside. I, I don't, I mean, that's uh just against the, the goaler side. Another guy down the list, um, a Pittsburgh draft pick, uh, Connor Hayward, brother of Cam Hayward. Um, I think like the fourth or fifth set of brothers on the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> but one thing that's sneaky about him um, is he's, I expect him to get some RB slash uh, fullback usage. Um, people are comparing him to Jalen Samuels. And I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember a few years back, you're able to put uh, Jalen Samuels in the tight end spot, and he was actually starting running back for a few weeks. I don't know how yeah. how good he did, but it was kind of a sneaky fantasy play. So maybe that's in a Connor Hayward feature as well. I could see it. It's just that probably wasn't available on MFL, which makes me sad. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, well, you, you have any any deep sleepers that you like? Uh, you know, just kind of like looking through the list and, and really talking about it. One, I don't think he's a deep sleeper, but I think we need to put more respect on Wanda Robinson's name. Uh, best offensive player in Kentucky. Uh, great in the SEC against better competition every week. And not every week they played, but most week they played. And I think though he is a small of size, his production metrics need to carry more value when we're going to rookie drafts. Like I think, I think Wandale. Like if you're not into running backs this year and you're building for next year, there's not really a reason to take, you know, Damian Pierce. Uh, and I think any, maybe even Brian Robinson, I kind of keep Rashad White, James Cook above him. But I think Wandale should go, you know, mid-second. I, I think Wandale is potentially a great prospect. And we, we're watching how the NFL is changing. And with what he did in college, we should be more excited about Wandale Robinson. So uh, fun fact, DFB counter has Wando Robinson at 111 in a super flex. He's a bulletproof level prospect for him. And our friend, friend of the show, Absolutely Paul Bertichese. Yeah, Paul Bertichese, Um, I won't give away where he's at in his rankings because uh, you should buy his notebook for $9.99, the best deal. In, Def- one of the definitely best buy it through uh, DFB encounters. Join his Patreon. My, my apologies. Yeah. Um, 
he he has he, I'll just say he has uh, in his wide receiver list updated on April 30th. He has he has Robinson in his top 10. Let's put it that way, wide receivers. So um so, yeah. So so you know some guys we respect like like him and and yeah, yeah where you can get him right now I think it's he's a he's a good deal. One move that I was able to make is I actually traded Lavisca Chenault for the 212 which I then picked Wando Robinson. Nice. Yeah, I think the, the, the Giants offense is going to be drastically different moving into this year. The complete rebuild, it might go terribly. <laughs> but I think that you have some decent, like, high upside picks going into that. Uh, like like Alec Pierce, I'm not, I'm not all that excited about Alec Pierce. John Mechie, Houston, I'm not all that excited. Even Jalen. Nah, me neither. Or Dallas, all, like, it's hard to really find a great sleeper. I think the lowest ranked player, uh, Jake, in your rankings that I would like to draft higher would just be Isaiah Spiller. Like, that – that's the biggest jump for me. Uh, and, then, and then outside of that, it's like, oh, I don't know. These are all kind of just like roll the dice. Yeah, for sure. Guys, um, go, go ahead, Jake. One guy who is a little sneaky for me. I know I've never seen him play. I know nothing of his like uh, performance metrics, anything like that. Um, but Snoop Connor, um, drafted by Jacksonville in the fifth round. Running back, um, 20, 21, well, going to be 22 years old. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, ETN missed all last season. Um, I have to assume this is kind of a vote of confidence in his health if they only, they've only acquired Snoop Connor at running back in this offseason. Like, that's the only acquisition I can think of. I don't know if you guys also remember, but James Robinson tore his Achilles near the end of the year. Like, so he's not, he's not going to be back. Um, he's going to, he's going to miss, I think, I would say, majority of the year. Like, I'm just, I don't think he's going to, he might recover as quick as Akers did, but like, uh, there's no guarantee he's even good when he comes back. So you have ETN recovering from injury, and then and then who? You got like Raquel Armstead, who almost died of COVID. I can't even think who's after that. Like, I think he is a quality dart throw for someone who's probably going in the fifth round of your rookie picks, if not un- like undrafted. Yeah, and and he's he's a solid. You know, he's he's not super fast, but but not horrible. Four five nine, fast enough. 510, 220, so decent size. Yeah, I, I I like the call there, Jake. Um, I, I think that he is um, you know, he's like a replaceable level guy, but as you talked about opportunity, you know, he's got a couple of guys hit him on the depth chart. I mean, he's uh, he's their RB three on the depth chart, and he's a couple of guys out of him that that have some some injuries they're dealing with. So I, I think it's a good name to mention. Um, I got one more before we before we sign off here. A little arbitrage play from uh Christian Watson we've mentioned is Romeo Dobbs Green Bay drafted in the fourth round. Um, if I, if Christian Watson is a, a coin flip level prospect, that, that coin could easily flip negative for him. And who knows if uh, like the percentage, the hit rate of Dobbs is not going to be like a sure thing far from it, but there's a, there's a range of outcomes where he is the better wide receiver here. And the cost difference is pretty dramatic. He's, he's free. So it might be worth throwing a stab, t- tossing him on your taxi squad because that Green Bay depth chart is pretty abysmal. Um, it's pretty wide open, and they're going to be a high-powered offense. Yeah, so it goes Sammy Watkins, uh, Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins. Uh, no, right, and I, and I actually talked about Romeo Dobbs. Uh, I don't know. It was probably like, what, three, three months ago. I feel like it was a while because I was going through wide receiver rankings and kind of draft profiles and who I liked. And we did talk about Romeo Dobbs coming out of Nevada with Carson Strong. 
uh, that connection seemed like it really boosted him up in the draft and I'm happy he went fourth round. And so Jake, I think that's a great sleeper pick again, like completely free. We're getting this part of the draft though. Like if I, I don't know if we would take a Romeo Dobbs versus a, you know, later drafted running, running back. back. Yeah. Yeah. I that's guess. the, that's a big thing this year is like the, the wide receiver is so top heavy until like a point, And then we should just go like full on dart throw running back because we see, Always. we're seeing how this works in the NFL. But if he's a free agent, that's the you don't you don't have the cost of a draft pick, right? So that's kind of my right, thought process, right? Or if you're one of those deep leagues where you know all of the running backs, you know Jake's got twenty of them listed here, all of those running backs are gone because if you're in a really deep league, there's five rounds that could happen if people are running back crazy. So you know if you're looking at the board, you could do worse, right? So yeah, like if uh, if 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 the Ravens go full twenty twenty one, Tyler Batty might be you know a first round pick this year. If all, the, if all the running backs get yeah, I, I also, same thing with uh, Batty or just Snoop Connor, pretty much, right? Like Dobbins and Edwards coming back from serious injuries. Not much after that. He's worth a dart throw. Yeah. And like Hassan Haskins might be like 70%. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, yeah. I also it's, think it's a really forward. good class for dart throw RBs. I, I'm going to be fascinated like to see how the, the Cleveland backfield really shakes out. Uh, because we you we have to have some movement, right? I think if Kareem Hunt was going to get traded, he would have already. I don't know, but it, what's his uh, like? Can he get cut like post June one? I think he, I am. I mean, why would they cut him? Like, like at this point? Yeah, that's yeah. How I, I agree. They have they have money. Like, right? I know I that mean, they spend a, a an astronomical amount on Watson, but. Especially with Chubb, like with his, you know, injury oh. history and his, you know, I mean, he's a free agent like, at the end of next year and he's only costing like six million. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, Demetri Felton now is listed as a wide receiver on their depth chart. That's kind of a fun, yep. like, little ad yeah. in the offseason. No he had like one, one flash play last year. He used a fourth round pick. Well, guys, we should, we should probably wrap it up. I am, I'm fading. Um, so, uh, or you guys keep going, but, um, oh, what, what, we have any no. final thoughts? Final thought. thought. Yeah. We're, I think, I think we're all okay. Two minute so warning. Uh, yeah. Two minute warning. Let's do the two minute warning. Who would like to go first? Uh, quick heads up on ESPN. It says Carol doesn't see the Seahawks trading for a QB. That means 100% the Seahawks are trading for a QB. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and buy your Baker Mayfield shares now. Yeah. makes sense. Um, this is not fantasy related. I've been wanting to mention this on a show, but I just haven't really had a chance since I haven't been on the show in a bit. Audiobooks. They're a cheat code, man. Like I have, I'm not a big reader. I don't think I've like really ever read a book um, front to front to back, but audiobooks, I've been uh, listening to them at work and I feel like I finish a book in like a shift or a book in two shifts. And it, it literally, it feels like a cheat code. Like I should not be able to read a book so quickly. I've like, coming from someone who's never who's never been a big reader um it's just been kind of mind-blowing and it's been a it's been fantastic to deep dive and just a bunch of uh bunch of great books that i wasn't really uh expecting to all right ryan you go i got some book recommendations for jake let's do it you want to you want to go give book recommendations no ryan give your give your goodbye speech my goodbye speech you know 
I, I don't know that I have one. I, I, I will say that I took the book one from the library and let's go. I, I will I will say <laughs> that this, if, if you've been thinking about IDP leagues, I think this is a good year to do it because I think this this rookie class for in IDP um, leagues is going to going to be a lot of fun. So we don't talk about IDP on the show very much, but I am excited about my IDP leagues where there'll be rookie IDPs going off the board. It's going to be fun. Draft, so draft Kyle Hamilton. It's going to be a fun year to explore it if you're interested. So there's my plug for. IDP leagues. I mean, it's, oh, not, it's individual defensive players. Everybody who doesn't know what Ryan. Oh, about. everyone knows. Now, well, you can't be recommending actual books because I can't read. It has to be audiobooks. Well, I assume they're they're made into audiobooks. Like, aren't all books? But anyway, all right. Uh, yeah, should okay. we sign off? We, yeah, sign, let's sign off. Sign off. Sign off. We're doing this on the after show. Okay, that's fine. Okay, so we are the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FFJoes. You can find Will at for Will, Jake at Takes with Jake. I'm at Word of Librarian. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Joe's. Join us for just a, just a dollar ninety nine. It's like less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks. You can have access to all of our exclusive Patreon podcasts and Jake's amazing rankings. Great rookie rankings. We talked about them tonight, and his overall rankings are amazing as well. So check that out. On behalf of Jake and Will, I'm Ryan, and we are. The Fantasy Joes. Ooh, yeah. Best ending ever. Smooth AF. Fuck Audible. Um, Get a library card. I I didn't realize you could do audiobooks with like an online library card. That's the coolest thing ever. So all of this is free, too. Like, it's... Oh, man. You run out of podcasts, and all of a sudden, you just like... A whole new world. We also found out that Ryan isn't willing to gerrymander you into his uh, district that he lives in. Because he literally can't. Because... He will get fired immediately. So I can't can't do it, like, my get, friend. Give me a Minnesota Jake. library card so I'm in Canada. What's the big deal? I want more audiobooks. Let me read. He's in Illinois. I'm, I'm in Illinois. Minnesota. Now, Will, Will could get a library card. He should get his library card and share it with you. Will probably has no ethical problem with that. But, Jake, I, if you're not, not going to read books, you even need a card, man. You guys know that like having fun isn't hard when you have a library card? That's right. The more you know. Uh, I love it, Jake. I love I love. So, but seriously, no, I mean, there's there. so many things you can do with like another thing I'll mention. There's um most libraries have this thing called do you do you, what what's the service? Is it like Hoopla or Overdrive? Where are you getting your uh, Libby? Libby, yeah, Libby is Overdrive. So there's also something called Hoopla, which also has audiobooks that you might want to check out. And the cool thing about Hoopla will is that like what it has a lot of albums, like most music, and I know most people stream and they've got Amazon music or something like that. But if you don't and you want to, you know, check out some albums. Hoopla is free from your library as well. It's a great source for that. Huh. Because we did uh, aud- just like audiobooks when we were driving around like Europe and listened to Outlander, which is, I don't know, not my, not my favorite series. But uh, Patrick Rothfuss is the author, and it's called a name in the, a Na- the Name of the Wind and A Wise Man's Fear. Uh, Jake, they're two of the most intriguing books I've ever read. But it's still, it's almost like Game of Thrones style where the third book hasn't been out for like seven or eight years. But the first two, and you might have to listen to them twice, like each, but they are really well written. The story is completely like enthralling and you get like emotionally invested in it. And I'm going to stop you, Will. It's great. I'm not going to listen to this. I should have started with this. I'm a big nonfiction guy. I'd rather just like, I want something that could like, um, like I could improve off of, you know what I mean? Like, or, 
that I could like edu- get educated type of thing. That I could learn something. Okay. Okay. That's kind of what my, but well, I'm not saying that like, there's, they're probably fantastic books. I'm just saying like, that's kind of just been more the books that I've been reading or sports books, like a documentary or biography type of thing. So it's still nonfiction, but I'm hey. saying, man, opening your mind with a, a, a fiction book is absolutely incredible. I, I, Jake, I used to be similar with the nonfiction reading and that that's what I'd read. But once you start to get into the other, like, I don't know, yeah, like worlds and imagination, like it's, it's, uh, I'm just not there yet. I, I, I hear you. You're, you're definitely not it's, wrong. It's, it's different, but, uh, it also, I've met, it, I say this the nice way possible. I've met enough horrible people that say they only read nonfiction that to oh, take that as like a future, like business, like ideal for me and where I am in my career, it actually is a huge, like, red flag to me when somebody says that to me in an interview all right well i went from not reading at all so like i'm i'm taking no 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 no. i I just want to like say look my perspective like you like you do you like this is what you really enjoy like i don't care uh but that's it's just funny like i wanted to have a discussion about it i'm not like yelling at you i'm sorry i I feel the you're yelling at me no Hey, hey jake have you read um the dynasty by jeff benedict about the patriots dynasty no yeah that's a is good, it, a, that's, is it an audiobook? I don't, I don't know, but it, it is a, you know. I, I did a, listen to um, the one about the Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Um, their rebuild was really good. Um, they didn't mention any of the cheating scandal. I actually, I listened, the author did a, like a 10-part podcast on the cheating scandal after the fact because he, re- he released his book and the cheating scandal came out like a few months after, so, and he missed it, so. But that was really good. Um the score takes care of itself, um, which is like a uh, wal- uh, Walsh. Yeah. Um, there, there, there's a book about um, the Tampa Bay Rays, the extra two percent, how Wall Street strategies took a major league team from worst okay. to first, which is good. About that's, the, that's gotta be similar to the Astros one, but that's prob- probably. Problem. But I mean, and this book is older. I think this came out like 10 years ago or something but that, that's also a good if you're looking for sports books and like something like that that like team building that's a good book i listened to also, uh, how, how to win friends and influence people and it's probably one of the like the best yeah ones yeah that's that a good listening. Yeah. i will i actually have put it on hold again so i can listen to it again is it is the only strategy in that book is to start a podcast and then yell at each other yeah pretty much uh, over hours <laughs> have, of time all my holds and i have you uh, talk to most the art of war and never split the difference. So I'm hoping to bring that to a fantasy league near you. Uh, for also sports books uh, outside of like the mainstream, the secret race by Tyler Hamilton, it's a cycling book, but it, it really documents the whole doping scandal back uh, with cycling and Lance Armstrong and Tyler Hamilton was another American. It's his stories is very fascinating. And the, you know, like ghost rider that did it with him. It's really well written and talks about like him eating too many cookies in front of their race. Like they're, you know, like uh, basically their head coach and like getting yelled at and stuff like that. Uh, another one is a dog in a hat who talks about a guy before that going into the world of racing over in Europe when people were just racing because they could get access to drugs. And it's again, fascinating. Wow. I love stuff like that. Like I've seen, like I've listened to all the 30 for 30 podcasts. I've watched like, I want to say like 95% of the 30 for 30s. Like I, most of the football lives I've tried to watch, like I'm a, I love those documentary type of stuff, especially sports. I, th- I think the secret race would be more intriguing than a dog in a hat if like, you're not into bike racing. Because a dog in a hat is like this kid goes over when he's like 18 to Belgium. And the first thing he does when he lands on a plane, 
he goes and he gets put on like a doctor's table and the doctor measures his body fat and it's like okay you're gonna be this kind of racer like literally takes a pincer you're talking about cyclists who have like under two yeah. percent body fat and he probably had like one and a half he's like all right you're never be a grand you're never be a tour de france champion you're gonna be a classics guy and like just the absurdity of it all it's like just a kid going over yeah. there no sweet i, I will uh, send these on the group chat so i can well, yeah, well, those books sound good about the cycling books. Uh, yeah, definitely put this in them. We'll it's it's the hard. For, it's hard for me to judge because I really enjoyed them because I was in cycling, but I don't know how well they're written for outside of it. So I think the secret race is definitely a totally fine read. But if it's really bad, you just stop it whenever I can fill you in. <laughs> That's the sounds thing. Good. With these. Sounds if, good. If they're bad, like I can give you the secrets of the books. Yeah, it sounds like a really good, really good story. Okay. All right. Uh, shall we end it there? Say goodbye Fancy to the picture experts and everyone else listening. Yeah, that's good. That's good post show. Uh, Fancy I love Joe. Show. That was good. Fancy Joe. Fancy Joe. We out.